spread a console, the golden disc. Maximals came after them, and they crashed both their ships. Landed on the earth with two moons. They fought in the beast wars. I mean, what else were they gonna do? War and beast. War and beast. We talk about. Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that knows what a truce is, and we're still in one with the rest of the Audio Entropy Network because we don't really have any weapons. So there you go. <laughs> I'm Greg. It's a secret ceasefire. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I'm Jordan. <laughs> and uh, and it's it's okay that I was committing espionage against the Digital Mon cast because I didn't have the gun that comes with my action figure. Yeah. Also, the other, thing I wanna co- the other thing I want to comment about this episode is, like the Star Wars novel, The Approaching Storm, this episode sets up something that matters, but the episode wasn't that good. I actually haven't read, <laughs> I actually haven't read The Approaching Storm, uh, Star Wars novel, full disclosure, but I do know that it, it, was, a, it was a tie-in novel to episode two, setting, uh, like, taking place five minutes before episode two and those novels are always terrible. So, um, I, th- I'm feel, feel pretty confident in it. Although it was written by Alan Dean Foster who, uh, wrote Sp- splinter of the mind's eye. But anyway, five, did five minutes before episode two, he said, or, uh, yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, they always, um, or what so was so the, the book just like detailed the entire, like just five minutes. Cause it's not very, no, long no, not literally five. <laughs> like, it, it, I don't know. I don't actually know anything about it. It's, it takes place right before episode two. They did it for, they did one for all the prequel. They did them for all the prequel trilogies where there was like gotcha. a novel that came out a month before the movie that takes place that sort of set, sort of sets up the events, but also take just sort of takes place right before, or you think it's going to set up the events. They market it like it's going to set up the events. And, it, but then it tells a story that's completely unrelated. Um, that's how labyrinth of evil, which is what I thought the approaching storm was. Uh, which I actually did read Labyrinth of, of Evil, which we thought was going to be the the General Grievous book, and it, instead it was a bad book. So, That's interesting. so sort of like the the second season of the first Clone Wars cartoon, where that season ended right before the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then they decided to make that non-canon, <laughs> oh, which I hated. Because I love that cartoon. Yeah, it had uh, it had Shaggy Je- uh, Jedi Shaggy in it. Yes, I mean that's, that's that the the Gendy series of of Clone Wars is is excellent, and I would say anybody watching the watching the saga doing a doing a, a marathon of the saga, it is it's the best way that you can understand where Anakin's character is, even if it's not literally mm-hmm. canon. The best way you can understand where Anakin's character is in episode three is watching those the the Gendi uh the Gendi series. It's it's uh it's two if you watch it all back to back it's like a two hour movie. Um yeah. but that way you don't have to watch 
five seasons of Clone Wars to, to see where <laughs> see where it goes. Because I, I really do think that you miss something if you go straight from episode two to episode three. Um, yeah. Because he's... It definitely felt like it. He's, a, he's an annoying... He's an annoying Burn. kid... He's an annoying kid in episode two, and then he's he's like that true that like pure like hero heroic character at the beginning of episode three, which is sort of what he became through the through the whole Clone Wars, and then he falls really fast. But I mean, that's just what happens when you only have when you only have so much time um, in those in those films, and and I mean that was that was a thing that George Lucas did. He put eighty percent of the plot in episode three for for the whole of the three movies. 80% of the plot was in episode three, which was kind of, I think was one of the bigger mistakes. Also, I'll admit it. Hayden Christensen's a bad actor. Don't tell any of my yes. star Wars fr- fan <laughs> friends, but I am, a, I am a huge fan of the prequels. So have, have you seen, well, this, this is probably going to answer my question for me already then, but um, have you seen that video of that guy? Who's like, he's like saying like what would have made the prequels good kind of thing. I don't remember what the video series is called, but he pretty much, he lays out how he would have done the prequels. I've, well, I've like, seen, I've seen series of that. Um, are you talking about the red letter media guy? I don't know. He's like, he's, he's just, he's just talking to the, to the list, to mm-hmm. the, the viewer. And like, there's like some animatics showing like what the movie would do. Mm-hmm. It's not really played for comedy. It's right. literally like, he's oh, just okay. kind of saying, okay. well, I know the red letter media thing is like a comedy thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this guy might throw in some jokes. I, I, I got, I, I got to look for it for you. But pretty much, he, mm-hmm. like, one of the things he describes is that, like, um, Uncle Owen, like that character, is has like a in his version of a story, he's just like a friend of Anakin's. So he's not like a genetic uncle, and it kind of like, like, and I thought that was kind of a cool way of doing it because, like, in the you don't really meet him at all in the prequels, and they've actually made him a character in his version yeah. of the story. And I'm like, oh, that sounds yeah. kind of cool. In There's the, a lot of cool things about that video. I'll look for them yeah. and, and try to hook you up. I'll, I'll tell you, I, um, I'll tell you in just a couple sentences what I would have done to to make them uh, better. First of all, I will say that the prequels are a lot; they work a lot better if you take them as part of as part of the story and not all of the story. So you take them in the context of there are also novels and comics and cartoons that help tell this story. These, these movies are just are just one piece of the puzzle, and I think a lot of people don't um, don't realize that that was the intention. Um, but but basically, what I would have done is I would have made episode one either made episode one a flashback sequence or or basically just because the entire the only point the, the point of episode one is to get the characters to to meet each other basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would Okay, so I I found the videos in question so okay. I can tell so the listener can like look them up. Okay. But I'll I'll link them to you later, but it's mm-hmm. it's by belated media and the, the first episode of a series is what if Star Wars episode 1 was good. <laughs> and and I, again like that's just this person's yeah. opinion you know, obviously yeah, you yeah, like yeah. it. And I, I have a friend Elodie, she she loves Phantom Menace is her favorite movie ever mm-hmm. and she's a huge Jar Jar fan. So like I'm not like trying to harsh on anyone who does like this right. the movie, but it's it's still an interesting like take on how he would have taken the plot. Mm-hmm. And he does a series. It's it, he does one, two, and three, mm-hmm. and um I'll link you to that later. So I'm yeah. not sure if I'm a Jar Jar fan, but I am a, a Med Best fan. Like, <laughs> love, well, because like I watch um I watch I got the 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 Robot Chicken Star Wars special stuff. Uh-huh. And not only did I watch, by the way, some of those are really great. There's oh, they really are. Great things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I also listened to some of the commentary in the back, and they were talking about how they made these before, you know, uh, like shortly after the first movie came out. Um, so not all the prequels were out, and they got a, a med best basically to do 
the Jar Jar Binks voice. Like anytime they use Jar Jar Binks in the series, even they had him and they loved him. And they were talking about how he was a great actor, how they had a lot of fun. And like they 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 couldn't get enough of him. Like they they had him do anything they could because they just really liked him. Yeah. And it really shows like in the show, in the thing, like when they're doing it, all that stuff like that, like anything that Elmed Best does for them just seems to come through that he's like, you know, like having a lot of fun and it's really good and it's doing and it's really good yeah and i think so, his his career really was hurt by the yeah. by the negative reaction to jar jar yeah but just yeah. just real fast i'll try to i'll try to it, it's a just real fast broad strokes so episode one is basically episode one and episode two would be combined with episode one taking up about the first 10 minutes of it um and rogue one showed that you can have a flashback sequence in a star wars movie um, so, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm, you know, obviously this is, this is uh 20 years later. We live in a completely different world. You can have, you can have, you know, gay people can get married and you can have <laughs> Star Wars movies without opening crawls. It's, you know, it's, it's obviously, you know, it's hindsight is 2020. I acknowledge that. Was it a flashback sequence or was it just I, like, here's, cause the, 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 the flashback well, to that I, part of the beginning of the movie or is not, it that just when the movie I guess starts? I say flashback sequence. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like a time jump. Whereas, cause at that point, uh, cause before that, all the star Wars movies have taken place in a timeline. Uh, well, oh, I right. mean, force awakens. Yeah, had we a never flashback. get a time jump in a star Wars. Yeah. Movie. For, force yeah. awakens had a flashback, but in general, you watch those movies and it feels like this thing is ha- whatever's happening in the movie is just happening over the course of a few days. And anytime that you talk about what, what happened before it's Obi-Wan telling a story or something like that. So it's oh, a, that's cool. so, Interesting. so, uh, I mean that would have been that would have been a, a a definite deviation from the style of the original trilogy. But I mean, you know, some people would say that episode one is a deviation from the style of the original trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, but so, I, I don't so mean that, to put the that, in and the then bottle, episode two is episode two is Clone Wars. Episode two is Clone Wars. And episode three is. And episode three is basically what episode three was, but that's that's how I would have done it to make it better. Okay, again, I'll, I'll, I'll link you to it and then tell me what you think of it. Okay, after you watch. The okay, series. I will. Okay. Anyway, go on. Okay, okay. not very much happened in this episode. We're watching. Uh, oh my! Yes, this is episode twenty-four before the storm. Uh, Kendall, did did you bring up your IMDb? Yeah, I've got I've got it up. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so. It's not very. There's just three pieces of trivia that aren't very good. Um, so the T Rex head apparently has a consciousness of its own, as we can see it move its eyes when Megatron. Oh is God! Asleep. Yeah. He later brushes its teeth and even pats it on the head. It's never clear whether the hand can act independently for its master. Most likely, these are just visual gags. Uh, the way Maximals defeat the Predacons without resorting to their weapons echoes the slapstick comedy gags seen in old Looney Tune cartoons shorts. Inferno, mm-hmm. for example. Falls to his death, thus deviating the truth. Oh, I'm sorry. Falls to the ground, Wile E. Coyote style. And then, uh, okay, so this last one is actually kind of interesting. Megatron coughing during his maniacal laughter, which I thought was the worst moment of the whole episode, um, <laughs> was not scripted. His voice actor, David Kay, really coughed during the recording session, and the animators decided to leave it in as a gag. Which That's kind of funny. <laughs> makes it slightly better, but still, I yeah. really did not like that joke. Like, it was like... Well, the reason the joke was bad was because it didn't go anywhere with it. It was just played yeah. straight, and there wasn't, like, any reaction to it. It was just, mm-hmm. like, he coughs, and then, like, it's it, it's just, like... It, it's like, like, hearing that, that that's why, why it happened, it makes... it it's That's exactly what happened. Like, he just laughed and coughed, and then they just kind of continue with the scene, and... It, 
there's no like comedic timing to it or anything. Mm, no. So I get what you're yeah. saying. I mean, I thought it was kind of like amusing, but I didn't like laugh out. It yeah. just made. It's just yeah. It, it was it was one of the the in, problems I had was the ep, with the episode was the inconsistent tone. Whether it's going to be like a super serious episode or yeah. a super goofy episode. That's I mean that's yeah. why this is the worst episode of the series <laughs> thus far. I'm going to say it's the worst episode of the series. Period. Ooh. Well, we'll see. I mean, like, I mean, this, like, you mentioned last week that it was like the only three episodes left. This being like the third, the one of those three last episodes, and really, it's the second to last episode because the next episodes are a two-parter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, this is the last story before the end of oh, this era. I'm not, I'm not just saying. I'm not just saying that this is the worst episode of. Of this season, I'm saying it's the worst episode of the series. Not having seen the second, se- the second or third season, <laughs> or Beast Machines, this episode was worse than all of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say that you're that. probably going to change your mind once you start watching Beast Machines. <laughs> See, I'm really curious about Beast Machines because, like, I remember not liking it as a kid, but I feel like I didn't like it because it wasn't enough like Beast Wars, and if I looked at it with fresh eyes, I'd probably like it more, but maybe it just is bad, but we'll see when we get there. Well, you're talking to somebody <laughs> that I'm liked Spider-Man Unlimited, so you, my opinion like of, of, like 90s, like of 90s cartoon shows that are not well-regarded is very different from other people's opinions, so I might like Beast Machines better. Mm-hmm. I know I, I know when I was a kid, I liked their uh, design better. You'd probably like yep. the fact that Megatron actually has a, an end game. <laughs> we'll be talking about designs later on in the episode because the question section has a really good question about that. But we'll get to that. Yeah. I read some of the questions before the episode. Okay. <laughs> did research. Uh, TF Wiki, Jordan. <laughs> so <laughs> there's actually quite a few things, but I'll try and condense it. Um, they actually point out one continuity error instead of, well, they still have a bunch of animation errors, but we don't need to worry about those right now. Uh, that I kind of find interesting where they ask how exactly Megatron managed to reach the truth location is a bit sketchy. And he was able to reach it by flight, and yet there was no other minions to carry Megatron up to such a high location. Yet towards the end of the co- uh, conversation, he simply turns to walk away. Must have been a hard fall down. Listen, I would say so. I'm gonna, I've been playing a, a lot mountain, of Saints Row 4 it? lately. So I'm just gonna assume that he just did a super jump, like in Saints Row Four. He's <laughs> like geared up and Hulk jumped to, uh, to like the other side, but not in his T-Rex form because that'd be ridiculous. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I, I get the, I get the thing. I felt like it was just a, I felt like it was just a, like they were, like it's a really tall mountain that's up in the clouds, but it wasn't like impossible to get to the top. Yeah, and I mean, he he also could have had had the the flyers fly him up there. He he could have been carried by. Carried by uh, Inferno. Yeah, but the way he's leaving, it's like he just walks away. Right, right, well, yeah. <laughs> it's easier to go downhill. The, the thing that I'll bring up is, remember in the very in the second episode of the series, we actually get where they have that big fight in the Energon Mountain. Megatron literally leaps up into the, the mountain from somewhere off screen. So yeah, he can Hulk jump yeah. instead. Yeah. And then he jumps <laughs> off the mountain in order to avoid getting blown up, so... Yeah, or at least yeah, that makes not sense. entirely blown up. Mind you, we still count the death. <laughs> so um, then it gets into like little continuity notes, which I'll point out because some of them are actually kind of interesting. Like how um, Cheetor basically at one point when discussing the aliens is looking at a hologram that alternates between the Standing Stones and the uh, and the Floating Island, which also Tigatron reminds us again at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So those are callbacks to previous episodes. 
Um, also, how Rattrap says that they expect him to infiltrate the Predacon base again, which again uh, refers to the his uh, earlier infiltration in Double Jeopardy. Yeah. Oh my God, the aliens! You said floating islands, standing stones. This they're, they're the echidnas from Sonic Adventures, and aren't they? It's the echid the echidna race are the aliens that were here before. Well, probably when you meet them, that's the form they'll take. <laughs> oh, uh, that's, that's ominous. Uh, also, once again, because we, uh, it's always fun to point out the weird things about the map. Megatron checks the location when he checks the location of the alien disc. He says, uh, "You see a very brief map of the planet." And it, it looks might, like North America. Yeah, it matches similar uh, views we've seen before, featuring Earth-like continents that aren't quite yeah. the same places uh, that they are at present-day Earth. But the map indicates the alien structure to be located on the west coast of uh, North America, which means that Tigertron had a hell of a long way to walk to get there and back from apparently Africa, Africa located maximal and Predacon bases. <laughs> Very true. And, and then, robots. Uh, <laughs> and then there's a couple of Transformers references. Uh, when Megatron's talking to Inferno in his room, there's a Generation 1 Seeker, you know, the plane. Uh, character's head on his wall with an expression of pure horror. It's either a reference to Star Scream's treachery in a previous episode, or Megatron has some weird taste in ornaments. <laughs> but also, below that is a Generation 1 Megatron's fusion cannon. What? Yeah, if you uh, if you look, you'll see like the, the cannon that Ma- the original Megatron had. There's a replica of it. Damn it, I missed that. <laughs> but uh, there's also kind of a few things on that uh, shelf apparently like it also mentions that uh these aren't transformers these are just other reference that uh he has a he has a uh trophy uh that is that has a transformer uh like transformer size trophy and bowling pin so <laughs> he and invented space must, bowling yeah he must have begun at that non-sword before he traded his hand for another head <laughs> um megatron champion space bowler some little uh, aside notes there is when uh, when Megatron's uh, accessing the cell the transwarp cells programming and he says ATT override. That's actually a shout out to the old Usenet group news group which we talked about when we were uh, talking about the origins oh my God. of all of toys transformers. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Also, uh, when his line saying that there is a storm coming, a storm of such power or such magnitude, it is beyond imagination. Beyond Imagination was at the time a website of James Hooks, a fan who's had close contact with the series writer. Hmm. So they those were just like little asides to the to uh to the fans. Did did um, it say anything about the Cybertronics? Because there's like a scene with a bunch no, of Cybertronics. I was curious yeah, about that I was too. looking. I don't think I don't think anyone translated them. Like I, I can't find anything about them. And I, was Jordan, I feel them. like yeah, at this point you should stand. just be able to translate it. <laughs> you know, there was a point during uh, Secret Invasion where I had the uh, the scroll oh, the cipher because a lot of, like they used three different ones, but they were consistent in each issue. So <laughs> like if they used this key, that was it. And I actually started getting used to it because for some weird reason I'm. I kind of get used to like simple substitution ciphers. I don't know. Like, I guess I just played t- way too many cryptograms. But, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I guess I just have to just start doing translation of these things on my own a couple of times, and then it'll just start start being on the second. Yeah, that's nature. your homework for next week. Translate <laughs> that. Translate that scene. 
and then there's some just regular uh, trivia things where, as I mentioned uh, off air, about how originally he wanted to do a four part other voices, uh, you know, see, uh, season finale kind of thing, but they had to change at the last minute because uh, it was too hard to to schedule basically anything more than just a two parter. Yeah, I wonder how like would that have been from like the voice actor standpoint that it was too hard to schedule or. I think they just the way they had it syndicated and knew that it was going to be shown. They didn't want to have too much of a gap between uh, between like the first two parts and then the last two parts. Yeah, maybe. I suppose. It also mentions how the idea of a truce is rather odd. Yeah. 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 And they just said that it seems to be a rather literal-minded interpretation of a ceasefire, mm-hmm. which just merely prohibits the use of guns and other conventional weaponry. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That's, oh yeah that's the oh that made me so mad like yeah so um, mad also of note is that apparently to hack into the predacon ship all you have to do is go through a scene like johnny mnemonic oh that's right i did like yeah. that i did like that also yeah yeah to get the you just had to he just had like a puzzle to make it look like like yeah. a rubik's cube to make it look it, like it made, megatron's head it made me think of shadow run yeah Deckers. <laughs> um and just uh, and then one more final little thing to point out is that when Megatron contacts Black Arachnia, she can be seen trapping a red poison dart frog in her webbing. And I just thought that was neat, like you know, uh, just like a very specific animal you can spot. That was kind of a funny. Scene, I, yeah, so. I noticed that the second time around. I I always I like that now they are actually rendering animals besides the 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 just the main characters mm-hmm. and animals of the main characters that are exactly the same but oh, yeah. uh that's that's all i got from the wiki okay well, well other than the picture of megatron looking at the golden disc we find and he's like at last i have found the large located the greatest chocolate coin in all history yes <laughs> <laughs> that'd be a great chocolate coin oh my god it's huge Keep me up for like a that, week. That much waxy chocolate, though. Like, I, I kind of like the shitty chocolate in small doses, but that much of it might be a little much. You know, yeah. you know, though. I I still maintain we don't know what the scale of these characters are. They could be they could be uh, the size of an action figure. Nah, I, I think they're definitely like that's Megatron's about as big as a normal T Rex is kind of thing. Like the big ones are big and the small ones are bigger for some reason. Okay. <laughs> Okay, if that's, I mean, if that's your interpretation, I'm just basing well, I think it off just, of, I think it's I'm just basing it off of the text. Is, you know, the mass shifting. But they've come across actual animals, like, that are Earth animals. Yeah, well, they happen like, to be on a planet that looks a lot like Earth. Sure. The continents <laughs> are not in the right place, and obviously Cheetah ha- Cheetor had to run from Africa to North America. <laughs> There's a, a Tigertron. There's holes in your theory there, Emily. I'm just saying. <laughs> that and we do have two moons. And there's yes, and of course two moons. Although I'm I'm moving away from that because I uh, suspect that there's a plot reason for there being two moons. Yes. <laughs> you only suspect that now, not after the episode where the where the moon like is hollow and a beacon goes to it. And... Well, you notice that I haven't been bringing up the second moon as much since then. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you you bring it up in, in all the songs, like the last episode song? <laughs> which I hope you listened to, listeners, because it was awesome. It well, was yeah, awesome. Yes, yes. I mean, the planet is called the Earth with Two Moons. I have to, yeah. I mean, it was, I, Tigertron I still what, thought it was the Earth with Two Moons. Bob Dylan still thought it was the Earth with Two Moons in 1965. 
<laughs> but what what I love about that song is that like listeners, he like literally like a half an hour after we did recording, he was just like, "Hey guys, I did this." Like, yeah. I was so, I was impressed with how fast he he brought that out. I found it <laughs> on a Bob on that Bob Dylan album, Highway sixty one, yeah, for the first just, time. Yeah. Yes. Now, see, that sounds like something from Bioshock Infinite, where like yeah. Bob Dylan just got somehow got to see the 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 episodes of Beast Wars before that's probably before everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was he was. Have he you was, ever uh, heard? Have you ever heard a Calliope version of uh, "Girls Just Want to Have Fun"? So good. Oh man, <laughs> man, I'm now I'm forgetting. Oh, oh, it's it's you know he was in Greenwich Village. They had access to to some stuff that was ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. Yep. Anyway, we got an episode to review. <laughs> we aren't even into the episode yet. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. At Profound Pants on Twitter, said that we were the most pure rewatch podcast. <laughs> so there we you go. We're kind of failing that, aren't we? <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, like okay, the IMDb stuff. Everything we talked about since then is all about no beast war. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. we are we're like half topic. an hour into the episode. Teenagers with attitudes, at least an hour and a half into the episode before they start, and, <laughs> and, and totally reprise has a has a mandated twenty minutes of bullshit before the episode recap. So, well, we don't have a mandate though. Yeah, but I'm saying like we we did less. Well, than you know 20 what? Minutes. You know what? If yeah. Donald Trump has taught us anything, it's that you don't need a mandate to get stuff done. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh man! And with that, it's let's start the episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. So we start this episode. We get a wide shot of a mountain range and we get a predominant one of the the moons predominantly larger than the other uh, sort of floating in the background visible behind like this mountain range. And we sort of pan down into some trees and we hear a little bit of rustling and we then come upon Tigatron who's looking around. Uh, apparently he's looking for something and he seems to spot it because he jumps through a bush and then we then cut to it's it's almost like a first person view it's sort of like right above his head and we see a a glowing mountain and he seems to be a bit questioning about it and well it's glowing so yeah yeah Yeah. normally when you see something like that you're like ah, you don't see a glowing mountain every day um, we then cut to the dark side and we have Megatron who he's got a really big chair. I'm just going to put has, that out there. It has a dinosaur claw on it. Like, uh, is it supposed to be a T-Rex foot or it's probably, yeah, it's probably his tail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it transforms into a C form. Ah, uh-huh. gotcha. it just transforms into whatever he needs. <laughs> yeah. Apparently an yeah. elephant gun, a seat. I'm surprised he doesn't just fly back to Cybertron on it. Kendall's <laughs> <Candle> salty. <laughs> it could be like the Wizard of Oz. He just riding the tail at the oh, little song plan. <laughs> I love that. And this is the first um, instance we get of his his uh, head being autonomous. I think they were going for like the evil cat thing, like Doctor Claus <laughs> cat. I mean, that's why they did this, this episode because he's very much that kind of character. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the basis of some funny, some of the well, funnier moments, I guess, in the episode because we, like you alluded to, Emily, we we sort of pan around the chair and then below it, and we see Megatron's dinosaur head. Uh, the eye opens up, and the eyeball sort of looks around a little bit, and as we start panning up, 
we then see Megatron who is asleep in the chair. And then we get this speaker that drops from the ceiling, which we have never seen before. I don't think we ever see it again, (laughs) but it, 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 it sort of drops down and then sort of flips up a little bit. And we get the Predacon computer voice saying, Attention, Megatron, this is a code ATT alert for your audio circuits only. And I thought that was a little weird, but I suppose he didn't want anybody else hearing. Uh, so For, for he, his IRs only, it's kind of announcing it rather loudly. That's what I thought, too. Well, he's in I'm his like, quarter. I took that as him being like in his quarters. Yeah, I suppose. Possible, yeah. Mind you, he's got two, like, it looks like really big speakers right behind yeah. his head and his chair. He likes his bass, okay? When he's owning news <laughs> on COD. He needs that bass. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't wear a headset when he plays COD. Nope. Everyone in the, in the place has to listen to it. <laughs> got a guy Megatron is. Like, oh, God. Oh, COD. Call of Duty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I get the joke. <laughs> So we, we get him uh, a sort of like a computer console floats up in front of him and he starts looking at the information that the computer's providing. It tells him that there's a an energy anomaly that's been detected and he asks if it's the maximals and the computer responds saying negative, that the anomaly is of alien origin. And he's like, it, is it? Yes, this could be it. So apparently it's something that he's been waiting on, I guess. He knew about, even though nobody else really seemed to. Um, yeah, I don't know if he's just like if he's just like, well, we've we've come across a bunch of alien shit here. We need to find more alien shit at some point. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, he probably has been uh, since the Predacons are the peaceful explorers. They've probably been studying this culture, and and they 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 also noticed the big thing that happened when the island exploded. Uh, <laughs> You know, so they they they've they've probably also been expecting something to go down with the the other shooter drop with the aliens. And, you know, I mean, you gotta you gotta understand. You know, the Predacons are the good guys here. So clearly, in this episode, they're the good guys. Um, and uh, and and this is just the first the first thing. You know, it's just showing that you know we've had a few episodes where the pre- where the where the uh, Maximals are like we're gonna be explorers for a minute. This is them. You know, it's very. I mean, I mean. Uh, Inferno is pretty much just Indiana Jones, right? Here in a second, <laughs> or did that already happen? No, it hasn't. Uh, happened. No, it hasn't, it hasn't happened, happened yet because we're still at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so what? what I mean, you're not you're here? not going to suggest that that Indiana Jones was the bad guy in those movies, are you? Well, no. Okay. No, well, you not. know, I'm just saying. Mind you, though, Indiana Jones does shoot the guy with the sword. <laughs> so. That's really funny, though. <laughs> well, that's because he had food poisoning. Oh, because this, this murder, murder is funny. That's, yeah. <laughs> murder it's is justified movie. as long as it's funny. It's a movie. <laughs> I was alluding to maybe Indiana Jones was bad because he shot. Not that it was okay. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, Emily's the one that said it was okay because it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's like, it's I was agree with you. <laughs> Anyway, I'm back, man. So we we get a little bit of a a readout on Megatron's screen. Uh, we actually see at one point um, the, the sort of the obelisk from the floating island, 
And I'm trying to remember what else we saw on this screen here. We saw the obelisk from the island. I want to say that I think we saw the standing stones. Oh, no, it was the probe. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, we see the probe, the the obelisk from the floating island. And then there was some weird circle thing. Or not even circle. It was like a... Uh, not quite a hexagon. Or wait, maybe it was a hexagon. Did I miss my place in the episode? Where are we right now? Uh, we're about a minute 30 octagon. into the episode. Yeah, it's like an octagon. It's, it's an octagon with the... Um, oh, with the symbol for the traps. Yeah, the, that was on the uh, floating island. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. We get those three <laughs> little pictures in this scene, and then it... It uh, in another little screen it shows the the glowing mountain that we saw at the start of the episode. Uh, so Megatron's like this could be it, and we then sort of get a transition from we we see the picture of the mountain and then it it changes to actually us at the mountain, and there's this rumbling that's going on, and the the way that the camera goes it goes up sort of to the top of the mountain and we see that there's like this crack in the top of the mountain and then there's another shake and then debris falls down into the mountain. And it turns out that there's like this pool inside the mountain with another sort of obelisk and this golden disc, uh, on a rock in the pool. Yeah. It's spinning or something. Yes. Yes. That's why I said it was floating. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So from here we, we then get, uh, Inferno who apparently has been digging to get into the inside of this mountain. And I think that's why that debris was falling from him, because I thought he was blasting his way underground towards it. And he says it. something cool, yeah. but I don't remember he was what in, he says. He was in beast form, though, so he probably wasn't blasting anything. He's just... Like, oh, good point. Yeah. Um, he does... I, there, I think there's two lines that he says. One is, by the great smelter. By the great smelter, yeah. that's what he says. Yeah. He yeah. says, by the great smelter, the royalty was correct. <laughs> and then... Uh, when he goes for the disc, he says, the royalty will want this. You know, he's probably good at digging because he's an ant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dig. yeah. He's a big so. ant, so. <laughs> I wonder if he can lift ant. three times his own weight. or He's a whatever. $15 toy. 50 times, 50 times his own weight or however much. <laughs> Would he have the, the, the proportional strength and speed of an ant? <laughs> it doesn't actually work, though, that way. Stop reason, bursting my bubble. <laughs> the reason ants can lift so much more of their weight is because they are so small. That, yeah. um, that much more of their weight isn't that much weight. If they got bigger, they would actually not even be able to function. <laughs> unless unless uh, they were futuristic past robot things. Robot or radioactive, or they had radioactive totemic magic powers like Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man works fine. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want him to work. That's why he works. Well, he, fine. yeah, I mean, the, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man, yeah, it's it's it, it's a it's a spider totem, so it's magic. So I mean, you know, so it so it makes sense. According to Joe Straczynski, uh, yeah, J, JMS, yeah, is the one that JMS is the one that established that. But Dan Slott has pretty has like revisited it, so I think it's. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely canon. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like once once it gets introduced, it's kind of canon until another writer gets rid of it. And no one did. So, and then having another writer like establish it more makes it more yeah, canon. But there's yes, stuff. But there's stuff in comics that are te- they technically happen, but we don't need to remember that. Like like Gwen Stacy's illegitimate twins. Oh, like nobody, God, you know, don't nobody yeah, about that. Nobody did, really yeah, they, they don't bring Dan Slot. Dan Slot hasn't brought them back in, into the into the fold yet. He's he's pretty gu- gutsy, but not. I don't think that gutsy. Yeah. Anyway, 
getting back to the episode. <laughs> so we've got Inferno. He, he's trying to remove the disc from this obelisk, and he he sort of loses his grip and falls over. He almost falls in the water, and he starts to experience an energon surge, and he gets a, a message from his system saying that the energon, energon level is in a danger zone, that stasis lock uh, is imminent. He... He sort of goes all uh, super raw. Oh, I must serve the royalty. I must do this for the royalty. I will not fail. And so he grabs onto it and just pulls and sure enough, pulls this disc off the obelisk. And then he immediately flies out of the top of the mountain doing his little cackling laugh. And then it cuts away like he got up. You know, I, yeah. I thought that was kind of a nice little thing. Yeah. So I like I like Inferno a lot. It's, yeah. it's probably my favorite. Predacon right now. I like so, the next part that's coming so up too. At this point in the episode, I'm totally on board. Just I'll I'll yeah. give you guys an update as as the stroke happens. <laughs> I yeah yeah because I can can imagine when you're gonna mm. when you're gonna change on that. But so we we come back to the dark side now and we have Inferno. Uh, they they've got the golden disc in this sort of force field, I guess you could say. It's holding the disc up, floating and spinning in this force field. And the symbols are constantly changing for some yes. reason, by the way. So it's not just a static gold disc that's about the size of the yeah. other gold disc that we yeah. haven't seen for a while. Yeah, Although what, what happened pretty much is uh, Megatron stole the golden disc. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every time you say that, I think of this song. I was like, singing this song earlier while I was making my lunch. It's, it's, Kendall did a good job. Not to toot the horn of our own podcast, but I like our opening a lot. <laughs> Um, one of the symbols, of course, is the the symbol that we saw on the floating island on the obelisk, like sort of like the Illuminati. Yeah, the eye pyramid. And yeah, I think the trap symbol's on there too. Yes, yeah, the trap symbol is also on there. But um, we get a little bit of an exchange between Megatron and Inferno. Uh, Megatron, of course, saying, "Well done, well done." And it is what I have long expected. Yes. Now and then he tells Inferno to go repair himself, and then he has much to think on. <laughs> we get. I think this is the first time we've heard him refer to Megatron this way because he says, "Yes, my queen." Yes. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> I love it. And so he turns around and leaves, and we get Megatron, who sort of face palms, and he's like, "I wish he would." wouldn't call me that so apparently this is not the first time (laughs) i like it yeah and also we've established we established a couple episodes that ago or last episode the pterosaur sometimes calls megatron queen too so (laughs) yeah or at least calls him the royalty royalty yes yeah i mean like i I, it's kind of bad that he's a villain i guess but with, with megatron's coloring and like his Boffish attitude and the fact that um, Inferno calls him Queen. I totally read him as gay, but he's cl- I he's love a it. I case? love it. I, I don't know. Maybe this is only be called Queen. Not all gay people like to be called Queen, but I, I definitely read it as, and I love it. I love it. That, <laughs> that reading of him. That's my head canon. Yeah, I could yeah. see him as like I could see him as like the. No, I'm not going to describe it too much because then I might be sound homophobic. Never mind. I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> it's a touchy thing. Like, there's like a, the there's whole, like, like a certain just, type of when I was in when I was in music school. There was a certain I'm thinking of a specific person who I knew who was a gay person, but like not necess and like was was openly gay, but like not necessarily like boy crazy or anything. Like he 
he wasn't really he sort of came across as like an like an elder statesman of the group like uh <laughs> i don't know or like or like a like a i feel like i feel like this you know the stereotype like you know the like sort of drama like i'm an actor and they like happen to be they happen to be gay i literally was going to ask thespian gay for some yeah, reason yeah, yeah. i don't Thesp- know yeah. why yeah yeah that's my but, that's my um that's my I, 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 that's my. I spent a year in music school and therefore developed prejudices that are very specific. Opinion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just, but yeah, like the the whole like villain being coded gay thing is like it's it's a harmful trope. But I still kind of like enjoy that Megatron is that way. You think? Like, I mean, like the whole like Scar from the yeah. Lion King is another example of a a villain coded gay to see. Oh, more okay. I see what you, I see what you mean when I see what you mean by that. You don't mean. Like a a character who is a bad guy who happens to be gay and presented in a more like that's separate. You're saying like the things are associated. You have a like you have Scar as this old unmarried man, <laughs> bitter and okay. I see what you're saying there. Yeah, I see why that would be a bad trope. I'm picturing. Yeah, I can't think. I can't think of an example, but I know that there's TV shows where there will be like a villain who there will be a villain character. Who happens to be gay? Oh, like uh, well, he's not really a. He's kind of a, more of an antihero, but uh, like Omar Little in The Wire. I haven't watched I mean, The Wire. Neither have I. <laughs> but I'll take your word for it. Well, he's a he's he's actually a really um. I mean, I think he's a pretty a pretty interesting portrayal because he's like a he's like a he's he goes around he goes around robbing drug dealers and carrying a shotgun and whistling uh the cheese stands alone and. Uh, <laughs> And, and but then he also he also is like pretty openly pretty openly gay like, mm. like mm. it's not a it's not a it's not a secret and he has he has boyfriends and stuff and that is like how people you know because he has some enemies since he robs drug dealers but mm-hmm. uh, it's, if you haven't seen the wire um I'm gonna I'm gonna it's my it's my like um under the radar it's a it's a it's a super it's a super underrated show that nobody has ever watched before um but uh <laughs> You know, it's on this network called HBO, or it was on this network called HBO. I don't know. Um, they put they put out some other indie hits like Game of Thrones, and The Sopranos, and Spartacus. And... <laughs> but yeah. So what happens next? Yeah, Megatron so, is gay. Yeah, so. That's what we decided. Oh, because he called him a queen. Okay. So so we cut to. Um, a scene outside. We, I almost thought that this was like supposed to be some sort of like small communicator, but as it turns out, it's this giant sort of. Uh, I don't even know. It, it almost looks like a, a hologram sewer. head. Yeah, it, it's like this storage bin for this hologram sphere, and we we get um, Optimus flying by it, and then Megatron hits a button. Like it cuts quickly to the inside of the ship, and Megatron hits a button, and then this orb flies out and starts heading towards Optimus. And he's Optimus is in the midst of like recording a sort of like a personal log in this wrist device that he's got. We've never seen it before, but he he's starting to record something. And then the orb flies past him. And originally I thought it was going to like try and attack him. But apparently not. So it flies past him. Optimus activates his jets for full burn and chases after it and then the orb stops and then we get this holographic image of Megatron's head displayed from the orb. I, ha- I have it. We'll see him use more often later yes. on. 
I, I like uh, Optimus's uh, reaction to it. He's like, yeah. "Whoa, what the fuck?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, his expression was a bit uh, surprising there. Um, I didn't think it's vague uh, at first until he's like right up next to it. Yeah, I like I but, like the I like the design of the of the communication device. It's it's a it's a ridiculously impractical use of a hologram, and especially since <laughs> like he goes out of his way to use that as opposed to like trying to. You know, send a channel to open a channel with him or something like that. Yeah, he goes out of and his way shows. to send that, and then ju- and then actually to say, "Oh, yeah, but I we got to talk in person." <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And it shows back back in the base that there's like some kind of thing, uh, basically, uh, just mapping his face as he's talking. So like the hologram projection is like a real time thing to him mm-hmm. uh, as as he's talking to Optimus. I wonder if this projector was another part of his tail. <laughs> Megatron is he just he he likes being uh, you know frivolous with his with his techniques. He's he's a thespian, okay? Yeah. yeah. So yes. yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's he is about the theater of it of it all. Yeah. He was born for the theater. <laughs> so we we get a little exchange between Optimus and Megatron. Optimus uh, gets a little bit of a burn in saying, "I say it was good to see you, but my true circuits would overload." And this and this so this true. is the moment. This is the moment that <laughs> it starts to turn the corner, but it still could it still could recover. But that line, I was like, that was a bad line. Like, <laughs> yeah, because like, and then the whole idea of like my true circuits would overload because it's so true. I mean, like, do you mean what is that? You mean that you're lying? Because he would be lying, you're, and so his circuit. Like, and apparently, apparently, Maximals cannot tell a lie. They're like Abraham Lincoln. It's just, it's just a weird way of saying it. it seems weird. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, you kind of seem like true circuits would overload if you were telling the truth really hard, not like <laughs> should be like lie circuits or something. Or like, or like <laughs> truth circuits would overload. That sounds like something like like if somebody like drops a truth bomb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell the truth to truth harder. I, I can't I every time anybody says they're dropping a truth bomb they're just saying something racist usually so I that's, yeah I can't think of I I was gonna say like an example of a truth bomb but I couldn't think of any that weren't either racist or homophobic or sexist maybe it's <laughs> because yeah usually <laughs> maybe it's because the people who say they're telling it like it is and dropping truth bombs uh, are not the ones that uh, say things that are not sexist offensive. and offensive <laughs> and terrible yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah so we, we with this exchange that we get between Optimus and Megatron um, Megatron says that it's no time for pleasantries um, he has a matter of some urgency to discuss to discuss and Optimus says well then discuss and he's like no not like this in person I think in neutral territory both of us alone so and Optimus is like, what makes you think I'd agree to that? And I, it, when I was watching this scene, I'm like, yeah, why would he agree to that? <laughs> I, I, I think Optimus I think, would just say, you could have just texted me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the way that Megatron sort of ropes him in, he's like, because I wish to discuss a truce. And we, dun, dun, dun. So from there, we then cut to we cut to this little mountain top it's like this flat mountain top we pan in we've got megatron in his t-rex mode standing it on this mountain top and then we get optimus who flies up through some clouds and then he transforms as he lands and so he asks megatron what's this all about and he's or no rather he says what's this slag about a truce 
<laughs> I love how there's just a little tree right beside him, too. Yeah. And this scene I, I want to takes point out things... one tree and some grass is the only thing on top of this yeah. mountain besides this, them. This, the dialogue in this scene takes things another step in the direction of this episode's bad. But at least if you listen to the dialogue, this is, this is a strong argument for the Maximals being the bad guy. Because he goes in, he goes in, and he is not diplomatic at all. He's supposed to be. They're supposed to be negotiating a truce, and he's like, "What's this? What's this bullshit you're talking about?" You know, and and I, I want to point out too that slag is legitimately a curse word in the UK. So I wonder if this was like censored at all there. <laughs> it's why they, they, yeah, one of the Dinobots uh, of the original generation was named Slag, and they had to change his name because oh yeah, that's yeah, right. it's, a, it's a curse word. I forgot about mm. that. Yeah, they probably just said, "What's this bullshit about <laughs> about a truce?" Bullshit and, would be less offensive than slag, honestly. And uh, and and then and make more sense. And then he's and then uh, Megatron is is uh, is is honest. He says, "Well, you know, I we're just in a situation where we where I need to focus on something else for a little while." And yep. uh, and and he's like. Yeah, you you fucking predacons. All the only reason you do truths is to lo- set of truths is to load your weapons. It's like which <laughs> side which side has which side in the in the war so far, which side has has surrendered and then taken back their surrender immediately. It was definitely not the predacons, it was definitely the maximals. Yeah, but when when Optos brings up the fact that Normally, when they call a truce, it's to reload their weapons. Megatron does agree with them normally. But normally, <laughs> that is the case. He does not you. <laughs> Which, oh. well, yeah. Did, I mean, that's because you know that's because history's told by the winners. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, like they had to. It, it's just like I mean, I I just this scene could have they could have said all the same stuff in this scene and it could have been written well. Like he could have, I mean, he could have shown reluctance and he could have said, you know, how do I know you guys aren't going to, aren't going to turn on me? And, and, and he, and, and he could, he could have said, you know, you'll just have to trust me. And, you know, although he does say, he does say the one, the one thing that saves it. Cause, cause this is, this episode toys with you. One thing uh-huh. that saves it is he says, do you think I'm a fool? And he says, no, I think you're a maximal. Burn. Which is, Mike drop. And that's yeah. when he's heading off to the edge of the mountain. Says something and, cool and then walks away. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then from here, we then cut to the maximal base. And we've got Rattrap, who is immediately saying, oh, for bolting up cold. It's like, why would you agree to this? <laughs> and, of course, Optimus is saying, well, what could I do? He was right. I'm a maximal. I have to give peace a chance, no matter how unlikely it seems. Give peace a chance. And then they 100% <laughs> do not give peace a chance. Yeah, which <laughs> we get a bit of an exchange between the the Maximals. They ask if maybe if it has something to do with the alien energy anomaly, and Optimus says, "Well, it's got to. Megatron must have found something out." And so everybody's a bit worried about it. So, and we get a little line from Rattrap because Optimus says that apparently Megatron is so f- has found something. And it's got him worried, so he's not even worried about us. And Rat Trap's like, "Oh, I'm insulted." <laughs> so this is what I. This is what must have happened. I've been thinking about this a lot. This is what must have happened when Megatron walked off. Like thirty seconds later, he walked back with a big piece of paper, and he's like <laughs> outlining it. This primal. And, and and they're and they're discussing the points of it. It's like, well, okay, so we can we can have we're going to leave our defenses on. 
Because, you know, because that, that makes sure they trust each other. It's like, okay, okay. But no matter what, but no matter what, we're not going to use guns. The, I mean, not the guns that come with our toys. And they're like, <laughs> okay, okay, that's that's good. Um, but we, but if necessary, we can use improvised weapons. Okay, okay. Um, um, and, uh, and, and, and the he, reason he walked off is because, like, he said such a good line for a mic drop that he had to walk off. <laughs> But then he came back and said, "Okay, that was really cool, but like, here's here's the deal." Because they, I mean, they had to. I mean, they had to. I mean, in in all, re- unless literally, this is what a truce means always in Cybertronian warfare. Yeah, which is which you know rules of engagement, you know Cybertronian Geneva Conventions or whatever. But uh, uh, I actually had a line that was really funny that I wrote down, but I forgot what it was. Um, uh, that I, I was going to say it and you guys were going to laugh and then it was going to be the episode title, but <laughs> um, that was it right there. Had something about something about Cybertronian rules of engagements are weird. It just, it just like, I mean, that's like, they had to have, they had to have established these that rules and, the and they're technically, title. but it's just like, I feel like Optimus should be written as a diplomat. And in this scene, they had yeah. the opportunity to really have him show, have him be captain Picard. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> instead, he was just uh, Doctor McCoy. <laughs> That's a different way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll so, leave it at that, and Mike drop at that. Yeah. So there's a bit of a back and forth between uh, all of the Maximals about how they're going to try and figure out what's going on. Uh, Rattrap, of course, assumes that they need him to infiltrate the base again, and he's kind of worried about that. And I think it's Rhinox that mentions that if he infiltrated the base, that it might be a truce violation. And then it's pointed out, well, not if he's unarmed, which that that's not how truces work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Again, yep. it was in that in that thing like espionage. That's OK. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that. But if we can, we, you can catch you, though, we won't put, we won't shoot you, but we'll catch you. <laughs> but if he gets away, then past a certain line, then he's clear. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> he has to cross Truth the state line. On. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he has to get back into yeah. back into maximal territory, or it'll be a, an international incident. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, I don't know. There, yeah. there are things they could have. There are things they could have done to make this episode like so much better, and they just, yeah, yeah. it just, yeah. So this is, and I, I honestly, I'm, I'm not on board with them claiming that there's this technicality that if you're that if you're unarmed, as long as you don't shoot the other team. Then it's okay because it, you know maybe it's a literal ceasefire or something like that. But, uh-huh. um, but I was I was rocky at this point in the episode. Um, I did mention earlier that I enjoyed the episode despite all these negative things, but nothing Kendall's been saying I disagree with. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just I don't know I just didn't mind I guess, but like he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to agree. Um, if I was in a better mood, I might have liked this episode better. <laughs> so um, the closing sort of discussion that they have is that Megatron is going to anticipate them trying to figure out what he's what he knows. And Optim says, well, we'll let him anticipate that move. So we, we cut back to the dark side now and we actually see it's like a black rat that's in this hallway oh, yeah. nibbling on something. It's got like red eyes and it's, well, I don't even know if it's black. It looks more purple, I guess. But yeah, there's kind of freaky looking, I thought. And we've got this um, vault. It, it looks like the, the, the transwarp vault from, uh, 
from a few episodes ago. And we see a shadow, as a, and it turns out to be Tarantulas, who's trying to find something. And he has this little microphone that pops out of the side of his head. <laughs> and it modulates his voice to sound like Megatron. And so he uses Megatron's voice code. And the computer recognizes it. And we get this little console that opens up. And Tarantulas is like, ah, a transwarp cell. And he manages to, to pluck it out. And he's like, oh, 75% power. It will have to do. So just as he has it in his claws, uh, we then get Waspinator, who is apparently, he hasn't been really listening too much to what Tarantulas has been saying. So he asks him what he's doing. <laughs> and then Waspinator holds him at gunpoint and asks says, Waspinator, ask questions. Spiderbot will answer. We'll answer now. And Tarantulas is like, well, as you wish. And he plucks the little, it's like this little golden disc out of the middle of his forehead. Yeah, like where one of his little uh, eye kibble things are. Yeah. And, yeah. and he tosses it behind him, and it's like a smoke bomb, apparently. Tosses his <laughs> kibble, and it turns to bits. <laughs> oh man! Damn it! <laughs> That's a that better joke be the... than most of the jokes in this episode. Yeah, that might actually have to be the episode title now. <laughs> oh my! And that's telling kind of, of like, this episode uh... that I thought of a that I thought of a clever play on words about like politics and and uh, you know and like rules of engagement and war and espionage and stuff. And then I make a stupid a stupid pun about kibbles and bits, and that's what that's what you remember from well, this episode. Of course, like I, I'm gonna be listening like to this again when I edit things, and I'll be like, "Yep, there's the title." Yeah, no, no, I mean it's. I'm just. I'm. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying that that is that is what this episode does. It could have been a really cool commentary on war and stuff like that, like the last episode was, but mm-hmm. instead, it's a dumb. <laughs> I, I kind of like the title, Cybertronian Rules of Engagement are Weird, but the kill with this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, we'll figure it out. Maybe I won't go with Kibbles and Bits. We'll see. I'll do what you mean. Your show, do what, do what it calls. Do what it calls, what, what you feel on Saturday morning. That's that's the yeah. that's the, uh, the thing. That's the yeah. that's our technique or whatever. I don't know. You follow your Yeah, mind. that's when I normally do it. So. Yeah, and then someone will make a sausages joke, and that will just trump the kibbles and bits, and we'll Wow, damn it. it. Sausages? <laughs> sausages. Sausages. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And then somebody will say, but it's bacon. <laughs> <laughs> but it's bacon, that's the title. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners will know what the fuck is going on. Like, yeah, why is this like, called why, are, why do they keep talking about these dog treats? What's going on? <laughs> But yes, so we we get Tarantulas who who does his little ninja smoke bomb thing. And he sneaks up behind Waspinator, and he sort of whispers in his ear, <laughs> and he he says, "As you wish." The answer is simple. I am leaving, and then he, <laughs> he shoves Waspinator into the this vault. And he leaves a stick of dynamite, or rather, three sticks. I want to point out that Waspinator was like shaking during that, and I, yes. I just thought like, "Aw, he's 
Poor Waspinator. <laughs> That's uh, death seen... number five for Waspinator. Yeah, yeah, because there's an explosion that goes. Tarantulas leaves. Make sure that he seals off this vault, and then there's, there's an explosion that rocks it. And so as he's walking away, um, we then cut to Megatron, who's been watching on a camera. And he says, ah, oh, yes. He's like, normally I would punish such treachery, but in this case, it may be advantageous. He seems so to be talking to his hand. Yes, yeah, because yeah, his hand is like on the armrest of his chair watching along with him. He gives it a little pet. It's, it's yeah. clearly supposed to be like his cat, but like yeah. not a cat. It's his and own okay, fucking at this hand. Point in the episode, at this point in the episode, <laughs> the one redeeming thing has been the, the, the Megatron bits. Now, we'll yeah. see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we... we we see that he's looking inside the vault and there's Waspinator bits everywhere. <laughs> and he's Megatron, uh, makes mention that, uh, that he's going to let Tarantulas play out his hand, but he doesn't want him to do it alone. So he contacts black arachnia. Like and says, yeah. And he says, there appears to have been a disturbance on the transwarp level. Would you check it out, please? He's like quite prim and proper and polite when he asks. So he's just setting her up to join Tarantulas in whatever he's doing because he knows that she'll just join him in whatever he does. That's kind of funny. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) But I like how, like, when he calls her, she's like, ah! Like, she catches her in the middle of, like, eating this, like, frog thing. And I just just love that she gets, like, surprised by the call. And, like, also, where is that camera? Like, she's in a cave. (laughs) Like, (laughs) maybe that's why she was reacting like that. What the fuck? When did that get there? Yeah. It's one of those. Like it's it one of those. Uh, it's one of the children. One of the spider children. Yeah, possible. Oh, that could That's be. True. He upgraded them. Now they have cameras. <laughs> it's like the like the when the i when the next the second generation iPod Touch had they added the camera. Just <laughs> like anyway, but yeah. So we we um from here we then get we cut to. Uh, or no, he. I forgot. He says he makes mention that the next move is is Optimus's now. And from here, we then cut to Rat Trap, who is being carried by uh, Air Razor, who's in her uh, Falcon mode. And she calls him fat. Pretty much. Yep. <laughs> says it would be a lot easier to uh, to move around if he lost a few kilos. Kilos yeah. because she's Canadian. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, there. Yeah, I mean, also they go by the sort of metric system. <laughs> sort of the cybertronic sure metric system. Yeah, we're not sure what cycles are metric. Yeah. <laughs> cycles and decacycles. Well, and that ci- sort of cy- thing. we looked up cycles in their hertz, so yeah. that is that is metric because you talk about megahertz and. <laughs> but yeah, well, we, like, how do you measure hertz in the form of time, though? Um, it's the amount of time. I mean, uh, that assumes that everybody has the same processor speed, so it's the time that it takes them to. Perform one loop around the computer. Okay, I guess that sort of works. Anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't work because the amount of time that a cycle represents is not a gajillionth of a second, mm-hmm. unless these unless the episodes are super slowed down. Mm-hmm. Everything you be so normally everything should be like super duper fast. That would explain why Tigertron can make it all the way from North America to Africa so fast. Yep, uh, I suppose it would. Mm-hmm. Something to think about. Mm. Food for thought. Or maybe their processing and, speed is just really, really, really slow. Well, this was the 90s. This was the 90s. I think another explanation for the, the location of, on the map of that thing was that the, the writers didn't care as much as the viewers do. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and we'll just stick it here. 
<laughs> yeah. I really so, don't care. Yeah, I really don't care about the map. I just that's that's <laughs> a that to me is is a a nitpick that is that is too far. No, like I am all for nitpicking stuff. That to me is just is where they go too far. Mm-hmm. Especially cuz not only is this not I mean even even if you assume that this is supposed to be Earth and it's but it's Transformers Earth, which is not necessarily exactly the same as regular Earth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because on regular Earth, there's not Transformers. And I know that storytelling, that's the element, you can have one element of suspension of disbelief, but I don't think that storytelling rules are, I think storytelling rules are dumb. So, <laughs> so there. <laughs> nope, I'm, so. I'm perfectly okay with having Mary Sue's in my stories. <laughs> okay. As long as we have that out of the way. <laughs> so, we get, um,. Apparently, they're really close to the Predacon territory because there's, I think it's three sets of, of guns that activate and start shooting at Air Racer and Rat Trap. And, of course, Rat Trap's like, eh, we're going to die. And Air, <laughs> Air Racer's like, isn't there a rule that heroes have to face destruction with dignity? He's like, hey, what's the use of dying if you can't enjoy it? <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> so, it's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> So he, uh, Air Razor manages to, to get uh, Rat Trap down on the ground. She drops him off. And she goes back up into the air and transforms. And she opens up like a radio channel to call Megatron. And, and she's like, I thought we had a truce. He's like, oh, yes. Uh, my apologies. And he shuts off the all the guns and apologizes again. And he says, but you are in Predacon airspace. And he says, in the interests of continued peace, I must request that you leave. Also, he says, I'm sure you were just on a routine patrol. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of a nice, yeah. And I liked, yeah, I, I, I actually kind of liked that. That this, this scene is the one scene that makes sense with the truce. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're trying to do something a little bit underhanded. They kind of get caught. And mm-hmm. there's a, you know, he kind of lets them off. He kind of lets them off with a warning with it. Yeah. And also, this is the scene, too, where he's brushing his dinosaur head's teeth. Yes, which was funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't notice it till the second time I watched it, but uh, it was that was a funny gag, I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, so he, he shuts off the guns and apologizes and politely asks her to leave. And she's like, oh, very well. <laughs> and then we cut to Ratchet. He's like, yeah, we did it. And then he's like, oh, and Air Razor. And she's like, yeah. She's like, and he's like, please take that vermin with you. <laughs> he's like, slag. So we, we then cut back to the Maxwell base. And Optimus says, so you didn't get in. And they're like, well, nope, not even close. And Ratchet sort of makes a joke saying that he'd hate to try and sell encyclopedias in that neighborhood. <laughs> But uh, Airazor mentions that Megatron just politely shut down the defenses and then tossed them out. And Optimus is like, so you failed. And they're like, absolutely, completely. And Optimus is like, good. Yeah, they seem very <laughs> and happy. Is, oh, and this is the worst voice acting in the whole series, is this scene. Like, because they're trying to be bad voice acting. They're trying to act be bad actors. Like, the characters are bad actors. So it's mm-hmm. the the voice actors trying to do the bad actors of the characters, and that's really hard to pull off. And I just thought this scene was just utter, just like the worst. The the interaction was just the the most soul sucking, terrible. <laughs> like my arm went numb when I saw this scene. Your arm went numb? Yes. 
It's okay. Narm. It was the right arm, Narm. so it's not a heart attack. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is, that a, is that a common euphemism I'm, I'm not familiar with? I wasn't familiar with it either. I'm but saying I it, was thinking I, I suffered from physical trauma. I don't know. <laughs> it was so bad that my body just couldn't ha- react to it. Took psychic damage? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I took physical damage. from. Yeah, but yes, psychic damage. Yes, physical psychic damage. Mental yeah. torture that it translated to physical damage. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Psychosomatic, almost. It was well, that's, 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 what I, that's what I assume psychic damage in D&D is. Like, oh, I'm hurt from a mind attack, right? Because, like... It's like the Matrix. If you get hurt in the Matrix, you get hurt in real life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, as Autonomous makes mention that, oh, good, you guys failed. He then looks at the the console in the center of the the room, and we see a little flashing dot right beside Megatron's ship. So we sort of do another transition to his ship, and we see that Tigertron has sort of snuck in under it. It's really it's convenient that there's just a hole in the back of the Predacon ship with no with no motion sensor defenses. I also well, he turned them off. Kind of... I you think <laughs> yeah. he, okay? I guess that I guess as I was saying that I guess that makes sense. That's the only reason that it made sense that they fake infiltrated because he he turned off the the motion sensor. But then they wait until they go all the way back home to tell him the. Like you, he would have turned yeah. off the motion sensor for like thirty seconds until they were gone, and then turned it back <laughs> yeah. on. I mean, I kind of thought that maybe that this was kind of like a rewind to what was happening while they were talking, and like the minute he turned it off is when they ran is when Tigertron did all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so like when they're saying like when they're doing that, they're just saying while they're talking about that, it's like oh, cut back, and that's what actually happened. But mm-hmm. it's not very clear, and it's yeah, kind I- of. At very least, it's not very clear. I will, I will, I think that that, after watching it twice and then talking about it for an hour, um, I think I can accept that as a, as a, like, sort of, uh, no prize type explanation. Just like the (laughs) very specific terms of the treaty, um, (laughs) almost, but it's like, stuff's starting to pile up here. Stuff's starting to pile up here. (laughs) My right arm's already numb. (laughs) I, I like, um... Too that this is Hagatron doing this because last episode he was like I just want the peace towards the end and that's to have peace and now they have that and he's like yeah I'm still down with it. <laughs> you think he'd be like yeah. no what the hell this is what I wanted. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> well he so, just wants peace as long as the Predacons are all as long as he has the final solution of completely exterminating the Predacons. Oh god. <laughs> Comfortable. Oh. <laughs> That was that was bad, wasn't it? I'm sorry. Yeah, a little bit. It's okay. I forgive. <laughs> so we we've cut to Tarantulas's lab now, and he's working away on something. Turns out that it's this trans warp cell, and he says that it's now fully functional, and that it only needs some special it's programming. Like, it's like Holocaust Remembrance Day today, too, isn't it? That's, that's no. I thought that was like a few days ago. I thought that was Saturday. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure. By it's the Saturday. time this episode posts, it'll be in ancient history, so nobody <laughs> will, nobody will have will remember the Holocaust. It'll be okay. It's really good that you brought uh, that up to just further it all. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> just let it slide. <laughs> anyway, we're getting back to the episode. So Tarantulas is working on this transwarp cell and says that it needs some programming. 
And of course, just as he says that, uh, we hear Black Arachne say, "Well, hey there, tall, dark, and bloodthirsty." So, when did anybody was anybody else reminded of Lois Lane in Smallville in this scene? No, because I never watched that. Smallville. She always uh, she always refers to Clark as tall, dark, and something like tall, dark, and awkward, or tall, dark, and brooding. <laughs> so I, I, I just like. I think other characters in Smallville do that, and I think that she refers to other characters that are not Clark also um, with that tall, dark, and something. But uh, it's interesting that uh, they made that, because they overdo it in Smallville, but this was before yeah. It sounds like it, just from the description. Yeah. Like, yeah. wow. It's like, it sounds like annoying, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, Smallville's good, but it's also, sometimes the dialogue's annoying. It's got a, it's yeah. a, got a particular cadence to it that you ha- you either like... Or you don't like it's sort of like it's like if it's like if the dialogue if Joss Whedon's dialogue wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you can say the same about Arrow and Flash too. So I kind of get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Arrow. The, if you watch the first season of Arrow, that's I mean, that's very Smallville-y. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not the actual what happens and stuff, but like the the people that were involved with that were definitely involved with late Smallville. Mm-hmm. And you know, CW, blah blah blah. Uh, so what, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of a falter that that these these soap opera superhero shows have is that sometimes the dialogue can be a little bit like mm-hmm. and yeah, Smallville was Smallville was so was definitely soap opera big letters superhero small letters mm-hmm. um, and they they sort of it sort of evened out by the end of the show but it definitely started out as mostly as mostly a teenagers uh mostly 25 year old teenagers staring googly into each other's eyes it was the OC with superpowers Mm-hmm. That's a very apt way of putting it. Which honestly, the best superhero for that kind of show would be Spider-Man, but they haven't done that yet. I don't oh, know why. Well, because he's, he's a high he's a high school hero. Like it, it makes so much sense for it to be Spider-Man because Sony doesn't really make TV shows. Yeah, well, that's the reason, I guess. But <laughs> although I, although Marvel can make <laughs> Marvel can make animated Spider-Man movies. Yeah, so, or shows Marvel can make animated Spider-Man shows. There, so there it is. There is a Spider-Man cartoon with him in high school and Spectacular Spider-Man that was really fucking good. Think about that one. But it's but it's not. Oh, no, there's no, one on there's... Disney X One now. Uh, uh, yeah, there's Ultimate there was Web Warriors. Oh, oh yeah, that's Ultimate right. It's... Spider-Man isn't that uh, great though. Yeah, but Spectacular Re- Spider-Man was awesome and it was kind of like yeah. the OC Spider-Man mm-hmm. show, but really good. Also, also yeah. uh, there was there was the Neil Patrick Harris Spider-Man, the MTV Spider-Man series. That oh was yeah, yeah, that's right. It was all right. It wasn't but it was, there. I mean, it was also that uh, sort of along the same concept of it being mm-hmm. a more, a more like aimed at 16 year olds type show. Mm-hmm. Well, the moral of the story is that watch particular Spider-Man because it's the best Spider-Man cartoon ever. Back in the episode. <laughs> it's, it's better than, yeah. you think it's better than the 90s animated series? Oh yeah, I do. Uh... Have you seen Spectacular <laughs> Spider-Man? I've seen part of it. I think I watched the first few episodes and it didn't really hook me. Oh. Fair enough, but I think it's better. Oh my god, we need to get back to the episode. <laughs> anyway, um, so <laughs> we we cut to oh yes, I keep forgetting to mention Black Arachne was kicking Waspinator's head at Tarantulas. <laughs> yeah, 
Poor Waspinator. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's away from his body now. It's going to be so much harder to repair him and everything. Like, geez. Yeah. Well, they got extra Waspinator parts in Tarantulas' lab. It's <laughs> <laughs> like rebuilt in there. Also, do you think um, do you think the cameras that they put in the in the walking spider things, do you think those were just uh, spare Waspinator eyes? Oh. <laughs> Maybe. Well, Maybe. I mean, it almost feels like Megatron, if, if that's the case, Megatron's the one who did it because he's spying on them right now, as we'll see. Right. Yeah. Which yes, have a he, yeah, it's funny movie. because the the <laughs> the camera that he's watching is black and white, and it sort of looks like uh, Black Arachnia starts scolding him, and then goes back to sort of teasing him, like in a sort of like in a seductive manner. He's watching the honeymooners, <laughs> but like, yeah, <laughs> it's very it's very weird. But then he has the screen changed to this transwarp cell that Tarantulas was working on. And apparently he's able to access it wirelessly. And he he overrides the commands and states that he has some special programming of his own to add to this cell. Um, so he he's going through... Oh, yes. Not to mention oh. that Megatron is in a hot tub. Yes. I, I was also you have to mention that. How <laughs> obviously... Tarantulas hides a transwarp cell too. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah, he puts like he a moves, like, burner in front yeah, of it. Yeah, he just like so just casually slides it over to block it. It's like yeah. the most not obvious way. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm not working on anything while I'm moving this thing. Why is he trying to hide it at this point? I thought with the whole scene of him like blowing up Waspinator was him being like, "Yeah, I'm done hiding this shit. I'm just gonna get the fuck out of Dodge." But yeah. now he's like with Black Rackney, he's like, "Oh, hey." Kind of like oh, okay, what are you what are you doing? Maybe here, he considers Black Arachnia a harder uh, person to fool or a tougher opponent, or he just doesn't Probably want to kill her. Or, or I mean, he can I mean he can just randomly blow up Waspinator, and not only will that take care of Waspinator not being able to tell, but it also won't look suspicious at all. Um, yeah, but like this happens all the time. It would be yeah. it would be harder it would be harder to kill Black <laughs> Arachnia, um, and also and also uh, it would. Look suspicious if he if if she fair if she enough dead. yeah well good point so we we've got Megatron who the camera zooms out and he's sort of laughing while he's in his hot tub and working on this transwarp cell we cut to a hallway and we've got Tigertron sort of moving down the hallway he can hear Megatron laughing and as he gets further down the hall he transforms and but he doesn't activate his stealth mode so no. maybe. Maybe he should have activated that. Because um, <laughs> he's like, pad, pad, pad. You can barely barely hear him as a tiger. And then he transforms like, clonk, 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 clonk. Yeah. clonk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason for him to transform either. Yeah. And then, of course, he's like, oh, black shit. Black, bad place for, for this white cat. And he makes mention that he has to move quick. And so he starts moving down the hall. And we cut back to the Maxwell base. And this is where we have Cheetor at the console looking at like the obelisk and the flying mount and the flying island and the standing stones. And he's, you know, questioning Optimus, whether he thinks Tigertron is going to be able to get this information. And Optimus is like, all we can do is hope. And we know this planet has mysteries. Blah, blah, and blah, boring exposition, yeah. blah, blah, yeah. blah, boring exposition. <laughs> That's the other problem with this episode is it is just an exposition drop. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's got it, quite a bit. It could have had an interesting thing with the truce. It didn't do that. It's got boring exposition drop, and then we're going to get to the really bad stuff in a minute. I think it's less exposition and more like, hey, everybody remember what happened this season? Because it's about to get really important. 
Yeah. Right, right. I mean, that's what I, that's what I mean. Like they're 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 remi- they're reminding, they're reminding us, the audience. Yeah, and yeah. I yeah. maybe I'm using literary words bad, but it felt. Like, I mean, it seems like it's exposition. It's it's explaining the. Things. Yeah, I guess that might be that might be what exposition. You might be able to describe it with exposition. It just it, exposition to me feels more like we're explaining how things work or why things are the way they are. You're, less like this is stuff you've already heard before. Yeah, kind of thing because everything they say is stuff we already know. It's just reminding us so that's even, which makes it even worse. Yeah, (laughs) but I mean, it is like, like I mean, like it is a weekly show, and maybe not everyone's seen every episode. But I guess it doesn't, it doesn't really come up in this episode either, though. So I mean, hmm. because yeah, it's it's pretty much this episode is just like preparing us for the next two episodes. I assume I haven't seen the next. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm considering watching them right after this. I'm sure that that's the case, but that doesn't mean that it's doing it the it's doing it well i mean if you yeah, wanted no. to, if if all this if the alien storyline was really that important then they should have planted seed planted more seeds and had a little bit more of a thread through the episodes as opposed to just being like hey remember that you know it's a family guy, it's the south park family guy episode hey remember the time when rat trap infl- infiltrated <laughs> predacons i kind of awesome. i kind of feel like they did do a good job though this episode like didn't need to have as much i guess oh, I, I felt yeah, like it was pretty well seated yeah i mean if yeah i mean I, yeah that's i mean that's i think if they felt that they needed more then the way to do it more would do had to been had had more of a more of a thread throughout the throughout previous episodes that sort of mm-hmm. led up to this and maybe do a you know previously on on uh, beast wars and then have the like yeah. little moments that would work too it's previously seen yeah. on I mean, Mind X-Men you, we might get it. that with this next episode. Hmm. X Men did every every. That's the, how I learned what the word "previously" meant when I was four <laughs> years old. Was from X Men. Yeah. So. Previously <laughs> on, on X Men. <laughs> hey, Ten Woodsman, I'm sending you back to Oz in pieces. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, getting back to this episode. Um, we, we, we cut back to, to Tigertron and he's come across this sort of like access panel, I guess you could say. Um, and he, he, he's got this little cord that sort of snakes out of his belts or waist and he connects it in and then he's got another end that plugs into his head and it turns his eyes blue. And then we get this little Johnny mnemonic sort of VR scene. This part I liked. uh, Yeah. It's it looks a bit different. He sort of hacks his way into their system. Very nineties. This is what hacking is. Yeah, right? <laughs> I I really like. I love it. Hacking. I re- I really and I like I like bad CG. And this was the best <laughs> bad CG. Yeah, because you see his like two hands in in this virtual reality thing, and he sort of like decodes this puzzle that's Megatron's head. <laughs> yeah, which is very video game logic, but yeah. I think I'm okay I, I, with that. No, I, yeah. I mean, I don't think any of us are, are dunking on this scene. Yeah. It's cool. No. Um, like, uh, um, I have a. I've mentioned him before on the cast. My D and D character is a cyborg ninja. He he. I, I've like made it so that his e pick is like part of his like arm, and I want to show this to my DM and be like, "That's what I want my hacking to be like." <laughs> I, just, I just plug into things and I do this virtual reality thing. <laughs> I think I think it would have been it would have been a lot. A lot more '90s though. If he if if Tigertron had to put on gloves 
You have like oh, this, like a power yeah. glove. The well, like the like this old and, virtual and reality, VR like with the sensors, helmet kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that would have been very. <laughs> well, I mean, nice. because he's a robot, he doesn't need all that stuff, but I, it would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he's a robot, but he's. I mean, he's using his hand. He also could not use hands because he's a robot. But. Yeah, but that wouldn't be as cool looking. <laughs> it's cool looking, but things are cool. Yeah. So T- Tigertron manages to decode things and finds out, find some information on this golden disc. And we sort of zoom out, and he's like, "By the Matrix." And as it turns out, Pterosaur is around a corner watching him. And it cuts to him, and he says, "Well, well, looks like Curiosity just claimed another cat." He says it at room volume, where like yeah. everyone clearly hear him, and like I thought maybe like they would say that he can't like because there's a, there's a thing later where like uh, when Pterosaur does interact with him, he starts talking to him while still in the hacking thing. So I thought like okay maybe he just can't like hear anything around him when he's hacking like that, but clearly mm. he can. So it's like yeah. what? Uh, <laughs> um, Emily, you're forgetting about the fourth and fifth laws of robotics. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. that's true. You're right. Mm-hmm. My bad. <laughs> That's a pretty clear-cut example of it. Yep. For for those who aren't aware of the fourth and fifth laws of robotics, if you go back a few episodes to the episode titled "The Fourth and Fifth Laws of Robotics," <laughs> it was a, more than a few more than a few episodes. That was one of the really yeah. old ones. That yeah, was, it was quite a while ago. <laughs> it was the but, Cheetor. Uh, focus like that's like the second or third episode, wasn't it? The uh, third or fourth episode. It was within the first like ten. I know that much. Pull my phone out. <laughs> Continue. With your I want to say it might have been like the fourth or fifth. But yeah. Anyway, folks can find it and listen. And then you'll understand. Because, yeah, we get into topic as to uh, when Transformers are thinking they have What's a tendency. Okay. So, yeah. Apparently, Transformers have a tendency, at least in our head canon, to talk about what they're thinking and not realize that they're talking. So, but yeah. Anyway, we're on this episode now. We're 20 <laughs> episodes past that episode. Um, from here, we cut to another scene with Inferno and Megatron. And Megatron is making mention that there's a storm approaching. And it's a storm of such magnitude and power that it is beyond imagination. And then we get Megatron being very melodramatic. And that he's saying, and to think I once would have been satisfied with just mere Energon, and that is that his ambitions were no higher than the conquest of Cybertron. And he says, "Well, no longer, for I have given been given a glimpse of power, real power, and that power shall be mine." So apparently, he's thinking of something bigger than Cybertron now in this regard. Um, and we get this little, you know, very theatrical scene where he he looks at the disc and you know seems to look off absently as if he's you know thinking about what he'll do with the power once it's his um from here we then cut back to tigertron was that, who was now that the has laugh, the scene where he laughs that's, that's a cough that's a coffee laugh yes scene. this is where the scene where he yes, he and, laughs and coughs and too. this is also the scene that completely lost i that was the last that was the last straw that cough I'm done. Well, you made it 15 minutes through the episode. Yeah, yeah. I I thought if I could do something like like unplug my microphone or something right now and walk away and like have there be a sound effect, <laughs> then I would do that. But I couldn't figure out a way that to do that that I would know it would sound. Uh, uh, you know, I don't have like a squeaky chair or anything. 
Well, we still need you for questions anyway. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you wearing a headset, you can just drop your headset off and then walk away, but <laughs> and then come back because. <laughs> yeah, but it wouldn't, I don't know. I couldn't figure out a way to do it that it would like make a clear like that's it. You know, I, there's not like a. There's, I'm not like on a hard floor that I could like stomp off. Or, you know, it just didn't, I I just want to apologize. The gag wouldn't have worked. I I just I wanted to apologize to the listeners. Well, it's the thought that counts. But I'm yeah, this the is the Megatron moment that the episode. I don't think there's anything good that happens for the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a little well. It's more silverish than. Yeah, like we 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 have this scene now where Pterosaur is is holding this gun to Tigertron's head, um, <laughs> and Tigertron reminds him, "We have a truce, don't we?" He's like, "Yeah, so why are you my me. base?" Yeah, like, like, okay, he's like, "Oh, I remember. There's a truce, but my trigger finger it might just forget." And then Tigertron says, "Then permit me to jar its memory," and he transforms and jumps. He sort of pounces on Pterosaur and then hops off and starts running. Well, he knocks the gun away first before he pounces. That's on true. Yeah. And ter- I mean, you're you're in the yeah, he's in the base. He can he should be able to like they should at least like take him prisoner or something. Like, well, they try to, but they can't use guns to do it. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, I know they should be allowed to because he's in the base. Or he yeah. should be like, I came on yeah. my own. You know, I'm not so I'm not affiliated with Maximals or something like. <laughs> Or totally. at least he could shoot yeah. too. <laughs> it's just yeah, I know, but yeah, and he should like he should like. It doesn't, <laughs> yeah. My other arm just went numb. I know that only Aww. one half of your body is supposed oh, to go yeah, numb or go limp when you're having a stroke, but I forgot what other parts of the body there are. Oh, my face, like the right half of my face, just went limp. That's what happened. Uh, Kendall, how am I supposed to make an episode when you're having a stroke? <laughs> The fuck, candle! You're ruining us. <laughs> How dare you have a have a terrible reaction? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I didn't have it. Oh, <laughs> that was pretty bad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm the you villain. Just sound, it's okay. Really? I mean, I I thought you were just uh, uh Sylvester Stallone for a second. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I can't do Adrian! Sylvester Stallone. It's Groot and Kendall's doing it just now. Adrian! You betray the law! <laughs> Groot and Lazy. That's what it is. <laughs> but yeah, so we get... Um, Megatron comes on the scene, tells... Sort of picks up Pterosaur, tells him to get after Tigatron. And Tigatron's running down this other hallway now, and he comes upon Scorponok at the end of the hall. He's about to turn around, and there is Megatron... Pterosaur. So Tigertron is sort of oh my god, Pterosaur is running in this scene. Yeah, he looks very weird. Yeah, so janky. Like Scorponok looks nice and smooth, but Pterosaur just looks so janky. And then there is this Looks like he's running on ice because he's not yeah. going farther than he he's going less far than he looks like he should be. Yeah. Ever. And we get a very Looney Tune-esque uh reaction for both him and Scorponok uh when they're about to crash into one another. I and did he, like that Scorponok's mandibles, like Predator style, like opened up yeah. too. Like I thought that was kind of a good touch, yeah. but yeah. But yeah, so they crash into each other. Megatron gives another face palm, and Tigertron managed to avoid the two of them because there was a conveniently placed hole so is, in the so wall. So is Megatron playing the viewer at this point? He's just face palm the whole the rest of the episode. <laughs> Maybe, but yeah. So 
<laughs> we're almost done at Kendall. We're almost done. There's only five minutes left. So we, we cut outside to Rattrap, who is surveying the base. And he sees a, uh, a signal from Tigertron, sort of like this the, the little firework effect that we saw from last episode that Terrorsaur used. Like sort of that yeah, little red fireworky box. sort of thing, yeah. Um, Rattrap radios in saying that Tigertron the Barbarian is doing a bailout. And then Optimus transforms and he and Airazor start heading in that direction. Um, apparently the other Maximals were already there just sort of waiting off in the distance. Uh, we, we see Rhinox and Cheetor have some sort of a metal plate for some reason. And <laughs> they, they give a thumbs up to Rattrap. I like how like that was a planned thing. It wasn't like yeah. it wasn't really devised, actually. It was planned apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like there's no weapons, but apparently metal plates are okay. Cause that's literally a weapon. Like that's they're literally using it as a weapon. Like, yeah. Uh, it's only they the weapons just, that comes with the toys. They were transporting it across this wastelands, and they're sort of they were, they were right bringing right. some. They were going to replace like, the slide in in yeah. in a tarantulas's lab. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like those two dudes who are always carrying a glass across the street every day. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Tigertron is getting chased by Black Arachnia, Tarantulas, Scorponok, Pterosaur, and Inferno. Uh, Dinobot's there, and he notices that, well, he's afraid that Tigertron's about to be overtaken. He transforms and is ready to fight, and Optimus radios to him and says, No, you can't. No shooting. We are. We have a truce, remember? And Dinobot's sort of, you know, he's like, uh, But we must stop the... And Optimus uh, makes mention, he's like, I know, but we must do it peacefully. So, so what, are they going to go on a hunger strike? <laughs> Apparently peacefully means, like, fighting without guns. Because the Ewoks yeah. are peaceful in, in uh, at the end of Star Wars, right? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they were. Although it never shows that they ate the stormtroopers. Not even guns, because like most of Dinobot's weapons are melee weapons. So it's like Kendall yeah. said, as long as it's not part of your toy, you're good. Which I mean, yeah. technically his eye lasers aren't, so he should be yeah. able to use this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We do get a little uh, foreshadowing in the scene, because after Optimus says that they need to do it peacefully, Dinobot happens to look up and there's this giant boulder on the top of this hill. Um, we then cut to, to Optimus and Air Razor, who are, who are flying in the air, and they come upon Inferno, who uh, Optimus sort of makes mention that they need to improvise with what they've got. And so he decides to fly down. So I guess Inferno didn't was looking the other way and didn't see Optimus because he looks back and only sees Air Razor. And Optimus apparently manages to make his way around, then taps Inferno on the head, sort of like what he did with Waspinator a few episodes ago. Um, uh-huh. Inferno starts screaming, and then Optus yanks a cord out of his like butt jet, and then Admin. yeah, <laughs> Inferno's and, up to two deaths. Yes. Fucking murders Inferno and thinks that that is not breaking the truce. Yeah, because that is a mur- that like that is not like that is not like they knocked him off a cliff. He's falling. Yeah. He's falling at least like from like seven forty seven heights. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, Watson got blown up earlier, and he's fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, but there haven't but been any casualties by that, that by that standard. There hasn't. There, the only casualty was Snowstalker in the entire war. So I mean, well, I mean, obviously, yes, but I mean, like your death thing is. I mean, like yeah, it's yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> but it's, like, it's, it's it's good list, but you shouldn't. But that them. should deviate the truce because they just <laughs> like as much as they ever do in a full on fight murdered one of the enemy combatants. True. Yeah, we're saying now. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot should have alleviated. Yes, truth. yes, a lot. I'm. This is just an <laughs> example, and it is the most egregious example thus far. Okay. So, from here, we we cut back to Tigatron, who's running away from Pterosaur, and he jumps over this sort of little little ditch that it turns out Rhinox and Cheetor are in, holding the metal plate, and just as Tigatron jumps over it. They rise up with the plate, and Pterosaur freaks out and then rams his head into said plate. And it indents the plate with the shape of his beaked head, because he's in robot form at this point. This premeditated. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then yeah. the next one after that is the only one you can maybe get away with saying, like, oh, it, wasn't, it just was random happenstance. It was, yeah. Uh, Except um, for that, except for that, they established specifically. They showed Dinobot basically setting it up. Well, no, no, I, I no, true. I'm, I'm saying it's, it's, it's clearly Dinobot set it up. But afterwards, he could be like, right? You could, could yes, if you ignorance. were manipulating the evidence and rewriting history, yes, like the like the Maximals do. I can see, yeah. I can see how that could be. Yeah. So for the listeners, what essentially what happens is we we've got Tarantulas and Black Arachnia left who are sneaking around. They happen upon Dinobot, who has uh, cleverly, I use the term loosely while I'm holding up air quotes, uh, set up a bunch of branches over what appears to be like some sort of a hole. And so Tarantula sort of taps at the the leaves, and then both he and Black Arachne jump over said hole, which causes the ground to shake enough that a little pebble pops out from under this boulder that he saw earlier, and it then rolls down and crushes Black Arachnia and Tarantulas. So, yeah. Yes. Sort of. Also, first death for Black Arachnia. Yep. Yes, true. Oh, yeah. Not a good one. <laughs> Despite uh, uh, Kendall's uh, justified anger and all that, I did think that was a neat little trick. Yeah. I mean, that was in, an, in, in and of itself, it was a neat thing to, to plan on, you know. In another, in another episode, it would have been cool. Right. <laughs> yeah. An episode where yeah. nobody's guns work because plot. <laughs> yeah. Like like the Energon Surge makes it so that energy weapons don't work for an episode. And then they have to do improvised weapons. Like this, this, this scene would have probably in a different context if I wasn't already super angry at the episode. It wouldn't have. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I love. I don't love the episode. I love your rage. It's it's very. <laughs> <laughs> so we we've cut back now to to Pterosaur, who he, he's got this metal plate stuck on his head, and he finally gets out of it by transforming, and he spits out a piece of the the metal plate out of his mouth. And he looks over, and Rat Trap's got. That was like, kind of cool, actually. When he breaks, how he breaks yeah. the plate by transforming. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, Rat Trap has a red cape, sort of like, uh, and he's waving it, sort of like a bullfighter, and which you know upsets Pterosaur, and he starts charging. And as he charges, 
Rattrap pulls it away, and we've got Rhinox in his rhino form, and it's right on his, his butt. butt. Why is he charging the cape? Why is he not charging? He's not a bull. He's not attracted to red. <laughs> All I could think of was this was Rhinox getting back, and when they did that in the first first battle. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Rhinox sits on ter- on Pterosaur and sort of rubs his butt on him and squishes him a bit. <sighs> It's kind of a weird scene, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's why is yeah. that? Yeah. Why is that the why is that the final like this climax of the battle is the fucking Rhinox sits on a guy like that is oh it's like it's like when it's like when uh, when they were when, in in one moment in time when they were explaining the logistics of Spider-Man undoing his marriage it was because he didn't show up because some fat villain sat on him that's what just happened is. The, Rhinox sat on him, and that's supposed to be that's supposed to make up for two years of not explaining why Spider-Man made a deal with the devil. Okay, <laughs> I, I was I was, I was just like, <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna it was, let it was, him. Vent. It was like you're at eleven, and then you went down to one. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. From here, I'll be we, honest. I just have nothing to counter his arguments with. So, I no, mean, I mean, like. He has okay, like, like, I, I, I'm, I, I don't love this episode. I, I, I thought it was fine when I watched it, but um, there's nothing I can argue against what he's saying, no. and it's, it's, it yeah. reminds me of um, uh, FF uh, Spoonie's FF8 review. I, I, that's something I do love. I love the fuck out of FF8, but a lot of the criticisms of Spoonie Max, I'm just like, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> I, I still love it. <laughs> it's kind of like that, except I don't like this episode that much. Yeah, yeah. we we get a little scene uh, between Optimus and Dinobot, and Dinobot's like peaceful, and Optimus says very peaceful. And then we cut to the the Predacons who have been sort of battered and bruised, carrying Inferno and Terrorzor back. And Scorpion knocks back at the base with Megatron, and he says, "Darn, he got away. It was close though." And then Megatron sort of alludes to that. Uh, when one is serving bait, presentation is everything. So apparently, he wanted him to get away. Oh, according to Keikaku. <laughs> Keikaku <laughs> means plan. plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that wasn't sync for the listener, too, because it wasn't sync. <laughs> so we, we've now cut to the Maximal base, and all the Maximals are sort of talking well, about what happened. Oops, I thought sorry, it was more ahead. like outside, like nearby the base. They weren't actually in. Oh the base. yeah, yeah, because it's like this sort of circle thing, I guess. Because appropriate mood lightning actually lighting hap- happens. Yeah, yeah, because we're we're outside, and they're discussing what Tigertron found, and he makes mention of the golden disc, and it's made by the aliens, and that it was activated recently. And that there was that was the energy anomaly that he noticed. And Optimus makes mention another golden disc coincidence. And Rhinox is like maybe because as well remember from the very first episode, Megatron stole a golden disc from Cybertron. Yeah, Predacon so, stole the golden disc, and Maximals went after them, and they crashed both their ships. <laughs> <laughs> as the theme song alludes to. <laughs> so. Tigertron mentions that Megatron had translated the symbols that are on this disc and that apparently the disc is supposed to be some sort of a beacon and that the aliens, the one who seeded the planet with Energon, created the flying island that almost destroyed them. 
that they are apparently coming and that they're on their way. And then Tigatron makes mention that he doesn't think that they are very happy. So our final scene is Optimus looking up into the sky in his gorilla mode as there's a storm raging overhead. And he says, well, that's just prime. And there's <laughs> the end of the episode. Yep. So, yeah, we already know Kendall's thoughts on the episode. So. I think, I think, yeah, I mean, like, like Kendall said, like, this is the part where the episode gets bad. He's completely right. Like, like yeah. I, I think the, the good parts of the episode make it so that I don't hate the episode. But, mm-hmm. like, I totally get why you would hate the fuck out of this episode. Because <laughs> those, those other parts that are bad are really bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mentioned when we talked about this off air, I'm, like, half and half on this. But I might be biased because I kind of remember where this arc's going. And, like, you know... Megatron's kind of hinting that he set something up and stuff like that, and I know how it pays off. So I'm kind of like, I like, I like that. Like, I like the things it sets up and the information it provides. But yeah, Kendall, you know, Kendall's very much right. Some of the things are just uh, frustrating. Yeah, kind of out there. Yeah, and like this, the, like you're saying, it's setting it up. I very much got that feeling of this is like, uh, this is just a setup for the next two episodes. And this is the first time I've done this podcast where like. I love the show and everything, but I've I've I'd never had a problem with like waiting a week to watch the next episode. I, I might just go watch the next two episodes right now after this <laughs> podcast is over because I'm very interested in seeing how it ends. Yeah. And, but yeah, obviously rewatching them again for the podcast. <laughs> but like you could have, there's just so much. Like they could have, if they wanted this, if they wanted this connect to like they're coming, like they could have had just an episode that was just an episode and then had a little tag at the end. There's something coming, or they could have, you know, had just written this one better in general. Like, they could have just written, yeah, they could have written it better. They could have had the truce happen and had. They could even have had the Maximals uh, uh, break the truce, but do it smarter and and have things ma- and have it make sense. And also, it would have been good if they actually addressed the fact that the Maximals are definitely the aggressors in this episode. If not, like, they're, they're, they're yeah. very much the aggressors in this episode because the Predacons are completely leaving the Maximals alone, doing their own thing. The Maximals are just, are just, are, are, they're aggressive in this episode in a way that they haven't been throughout the rest of the series. <laughs> and, and, and it's, which would be fine if it was a good, like, thing and they knew what a freaking truce was. Yeah. <sighs> The whole, the whole idea of the truce goes out the freaking window, right? Like when you said, like as soon as they catch like Tegatron, it doesn't make any sense. This whole truce bit at all. Like, like you could have, you could have even done like the the infiltration and hacker storyline, and maybe had him get in and get out, and 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 then also you could do like interesting character, like a B plot of interesting character stuff of them sitting around the base, not sure what to do, not sure whether to attack or not. Like, there's just so much they could have done with this episode. And yeah. they just they instead decided to have things not make sense. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. And and just, just ugh, fucking peace and shit. John Lennon would not have approved of this episode. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> questions. <laughs> Let's forget about this episode. Yeah, if Bob Dylan wrote a song questions. about this episode, it'd be on the follow-up to Slow Train Coming, his 1979 album. <laughs> Okay. Yes. Okay. So we, we've got some questions. Yes, I will not be got... playing a Bob Dylan in the style of Slow Train Coming at the end of this episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Joe asked us if 
Twitch, uh, you know, who's been on the show, and mm-hmm. uh, if just one Beast Wars character, Maximal or Predacon, were to be replaced with their closest G1 counterpart, Ultimo, uh, Ultimo and all, uh, who would you pick? Mm. I would pick Starscream because he's awesome. And that one episode of Starscream and it was really good. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> and, you'd replace uh, Pterosaur with Starscream? Yeah, and I think it'd also be kind of interesting to have like a gorilla fighting a jet. <laughs> Different. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like uh, King Kong. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh God, it would be like King Kong. And I mean, this and then a lot of the other characters I just like too much. I don't. I, I wouldn't. I kind of like Bumblebee fine, but I wouldn't want to see Cheetor replaced Bumblebee. And like, I like yeah. Optimus Prime a lot. Of, yeah, like, I like all of them a lot. Oh, so you want? So, Terras- so you so Wasp? You want to have see Waspinator? No, Wasp. I want Waspinator to stay. I want Pterosaur. To, oh, like, Pterosaur replaced. Yeah, because he's more. Because Pterosaur really is the it like Waspinator got. Because that's because he's like the punching bag, not because right. he's the most like Starscream. Mm-hmm. His, his his counterpart's definitely Terrace. Hmm. I'm not too sure. Like besides besides the Starscream one, like 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 you said, like I kind of like all the characters as they are as they are too much to want to just switch mm-hmm. them out. But um, hmm. it is a hard choice because like for me too, because I was think I was wondering about Bubbly at first, but then I'm like, oh, I don't know. I wouldn't want to. Trade Optimus Primal for Optimus Prime, namely because he wouldn't be able to fit in the ship to begin with. <laughs> um, but yeah, a I lot think, of them would be able to fit because the, the Transformers yeah. from G1 are way bigger than the Beast Machines. That's true. Beast characters are. But yeah, I think if you were to replace, I I have to to agree with you, M. I think just because of what we've got and what we saw with the episode where Starscream was there, I think I'd rather see Starscream than Terrorsaur. Oh wait, uh, maybe um, Scorponaut with uh, Soundwave. Oh, that would be good as Megatron's lieutenant. That that might work. That would have been good. And it's all for when it switchings up too much because Soundwave it's the is the CD player. <laughs> yeah. yeah, is the yeah he's he's okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a question answered. You could replace uh, Air Razor with Megan Fox. No, no, insult the Air Razor. <laughs> <laughs> It would be like RC or something like that. It wouldn't, yeah. Or that new, uh, the newer uh, female Autobot that they have. Uh, but it's specifically G one. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, I was I take that as uh, the first Michael Bay movie because that was my first. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that to me is the, is the truest, most canonical version. No, of no, it is not. No, it is not. If it's hard no, it's not. Right now. <laughs> like Greg. <laughs> Cringing hard. Well, the problem was I was going to say like something from the Michael Bay, but like there aren't Transformers in those movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a burn right there. Uh, so also on our Facebook, we got a question from Alex. Uh, you guys have any opinion on trans tech? The proposed third Beast Wars series that would have brought back characters from G1 and Beast Wars. They eventually reused the name for some of the comics, but it was more so its own thing than a Beast Wars continuation. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I, I, I re- this is the episode. This is the question I researched for, and the designs and everything. And mm-hmm. fuck, that looked cool. And I would have loved to see yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have liked liked to see that too. Like it was yeah. still kind of. Con- it was going to continue on with the bio organic thing, but they were going to be more more vehicle like, vehicles than than yeah. than the animals that they were. Yeah, to, to explain right? it a bit because I don't think like as a pro- I'm guessing Kendall doesn't know anything about it. Kendall I doesn't did know it, anything but... about it. No. Okay. Yeah. So so, tra- so trans tech is um 
it's it takes place after Beast Machines. It would have, and like at the end of Beast Machines, spoilers, Cybertron becomes techno organic, so everything becomes like robot organic mix and this would be a continuation of that where it combines like g1 characters with the beast wars characters so cheetor is still in it but like shockwave and starscream and optimus prime are in it yeah. not primal and like yeah Black and, and and, like, and cheetor instead of becoming like a robot cheetah further he becomes like a race car that's cheetah that, looking and um yeah, yeah like, and, and some of the designs are so cool looking like i love these designs like um I'm trying to, like, I'll try to share, like, this is a black... I'm not sure how many of these are actual designs from the show and how much are, like, fan creations. Uh, yeah. But, like, I'll share with you guys some of them. Uh, sorry to the listeners. <laughs> but you can, like, Google TransTech and see a lot of cool stuff. Um, that was a pretty cool design for Black Arachnia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Cheetor one's really cool, and the Optimus one's pretty cool, too. Because even though it's not primal, he still has a gorilla motive. But they're like, like still, they're, yeah, they're like they're like Cybertronian yeah. um, vehicles with with animal motives. It's cool. I don't know. Yeah. Death Charge was listed as being like a really favorite design. Uh, here's the TransTech wiki page for uh, my my co-host. And sorry, listeners, that we're just talking about links again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the question is, I mean, if even if the designs are cool. Would the writing have been any good? Well, the, the setup sounds really cool to me. I really like the idea of, like... Because it mentioned Starscream being a character, and that that's pretty cool, like, that they would bring him back uh, in a way that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. I had a Cheetor up here. They were, like, Cheetor's design a lot. Which, it kind of, apparently, they reused Cheetor's design for Blur uh, in uh, Transformers Animated, kind of. Yeah. And I, oh, okay. there, was some, I there, was some, there was some... There was some repainted toys... People did where they repainted Blur's toy to look like Cheetor. Uh. Yeah, so I don't know. It, like the designs are really cool. I really like like they're 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 not blocky like the G1 ones. Even though I love the blocky designs, I'm not trying to say that those are bad. But um, it's interesting taking the designs for these vehicle transformers in a non-blocky direction without going as far as Michael Bay went. Yeah. They're like more sleek, but they're not messes. And yeah, they're like listeners like look up TransTech. They're cool. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, but as, as far as story, I I think it would have been interesting actually to see like what Cybertron was like after that change. Because at, at the end of the Beast Machines, it shows you that that change happens and then you don't get to see anything else. Like it would mm-hmm. be cool to see what happened after that. Yeah, definitely some cool designs. Would have been uh, interesting to have seen for sure. Mm. Yeah, after watching this episode, I just don't have any faith. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't have it in him. Cut it off. They cut it off when they did, assumedly for a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we'll see what you think of Beast Machines, because like, that's one of the reasons why I apparently think off the ground, because Beast Machines, like one of the reasons, it says there's a lot of different reasons why, but one of the reasons is that Beast Machines wasn't very popular. Uh-huh. Mm. But yes, another question answered. But I, I hope the next episode gives you more hope, kid. Like, I feel, yeah. feel bad. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll I'll rise above it. I've gotten through I've gotten through hard <laughs> hard things. I survived season three of Heroes. I uh, <laughs> I watched the Cape. I watched the Cape too. I uh, three seasons of a movie. <laughs> trying to think. I'm trying to think of. Is that what they shouted in in Community? Six seasons in a movie was six community. seasons in a movie. That's what it was. I watched Sorry. the la- I watched well. I watched the last season of Community that was on right that was on network TV. That yeah. was pretty bad. <laughs> 
Um, uh, I didn't. I never watched Community on the Yahoo. Uh, yeah, so I've gotten through some pretty rough shows. Yeah, um, you know, I've, I've, what's I've, the next quest? I've, I've so we have r- risen above. Well, it. we have a couple of Twitter questions, but we also have one more Facebook question from Kendall. Mm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so V Wars implied that there were there would be more than one war. If each season was about an unrelated Beast Wars, a la American Horror Story or True Detective, what would the other se- seasons be about? Um, my guess would be it, it different terrains. Like there would be an undersea Beast Wars battle. Mm. That'd be cool. That or maybe well. I mean, Beast Machines sort of was another yeah. war. Mm-hmm. I would have thought that if, like, if Beast Machines hadn't been made, I would have assumed that we would have seen a, a different war on Cybertron. Um, that yeah, maybe like, um, on a different planet altogether, like introduce a new, a completely new planet, maybe alien beasts and everything. That'd be pretty cool. I, mm. I was thinking more like um, maybe like after, because like after the they leave um, Earth and go back to Cybertron, maybe like. Um, a war between like the, the the characters we didn't get to see like on um back on earth mm-hmm. which is what some of the early comics did when they had the beast wars oh yes earth. that's right yeah a lot yeah. of them tended to be like well cuz as uh i think we i think we talked about this before there's a lot of stasis pods up in the air and they yes. kind of just yeah. left them behind yeah mm-hmm. so i was thinking even yeah. for i was thinking going further i was thinking oh. we have a season where uh, a group of anthropomorphic animals fights against humans, and then by the end of the season, you realize the humans truly were the beasts. It's not even, it's not even Transformers related. Yeah, well. not even Transformers. <laughs> yeah. Just something titled okay, Beast that's Wars. Okay, that's how we were taking it. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that's that's why I was. That's why because like American Horror Story, there's no connection between seasons except for that it's oh. a horror thing. And that's oh, my yeah. understanding of it. I I haven't watched yeah. anything well, except for the first few episodes first, of the first. Season. The first season, Murder House, uh, actually is in the same continuity of the hotel, and there are actually kind of a few things like I think Asylum and and Freak Show have some connections to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I mean, at first it was they were completely unrelated, other than the fact that they just had casts playing characters, you know, from each thing. But then some of the, they've been kind of tying more of them together okay. but it's, but yeah yeah just assume but assume that they're assume just that assume that my pitch is that the title is beast wars and you can do anything you want with it as long as it's a cartoon <laughs> about that that could be titled beast wars well isn't there a show right now called the zoo or something where it's about animals killing people it'd be that oh <laughs> yeah it was on a few months ago i think i want to say i think it was a miniseries hmm. i think um, maybe another one would just be the Sonic the Hedgehog comics. That would be another good Beast Wars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that would you're you're saying that would be anthropomorphic animals fighting robots? Yeah, and human, okay. a human, or I guess Overlander, uh, whatever. <laughs> how, do we, how, does, how do we keep going back to Sonic? Was it the greatest? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, big picture, the theme of Sonic is is it's nature versus it's nature versus technology so you it would be a so you could you could do a show with anthropomorphic animals fighting against uh some sort of technological technology based enemy definitely season season we could have like a studio ghibli uh princess mononoke kind of thing with like giant spirit beasts fighting the encroachment of the industrial revolution yeah i mean that's all sound like cool shows you could, that already exist, I guess. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Nice. Nice. Right. Let's let's let's. Oh, uh, uh, wait. One 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 thing I did want to mention is that <coughs> by the under like the undersea beast wars idea that I mentioned, that means we could have sharkacons. Oh, that's right. Give depth charge something else to do too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then we've got quite a few uh, Twitter questions. Um, we got one. Yeah, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to hit all of them because it is like. It is late. We went up starting a bit late. Okay, then do you want me to just start get these two and then get the other two next time? Yeah, let's let's hit two now and then we'll save those two for the next recording. Okay, so I'll grab. Um, so you have two different people, or like? No, 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 no. There was four four different people. Uh, two questions from one of them, and and um, well, what I was gonna say was like grab one of the questions and then mention the 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 um, power of the primes thing, since that's actually going to be like the final voting for that's going to actually be sometime. Yes. Uh, I think it's comes out and people might yeah, want to get into that and actually maybe vote on it. Yeah. I think it's February 2nd or 3rd that the voting restarts for it. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, uh, well, let me explain. Like, uh, <laughs> so Kay Hirsch, you know, at lady Kay Hirsch mm-hmm. wanted to let us know that they, they are in fact a lady first of all, mm-hmm. since we're wondering that. <laughs> and they wanted to point out that the that uh, Optimus Primal made it to the final four for the Power of the Primes, which, Ooh. when I looked into it, it's actually uh, Hasbro is making it a cross-genre thing. So it's, it's not just the comics that we're doing it, which are doing all the same characters, but also the toys are doing it. And so, like, the... On, and the... And I think they're tying in the, the the current Robots in Disguise TV series as well. So they're all having like a a kind of like new primes coming kind of thing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And and before it was six different people, uh, like it was six different characters. Uh, and I mentioned it on our Facebook somewhere. Someone pointed it, pointed out the cartoon, and I kind of did a breakdown of the characters and stuff there. But they all f- apparently fall under a certain kind of heading. Mm-hmm. So like for Honor, there was RC. Ultra Magnus and Hound. For yeah. Order, there was Shockwave, Megatron, and Star Saber. And for Chaos, there was Thunderwing, Optimus Primal, and and a shadowed character called Unknown Evil. But it's pretty apparently it's been revealed that they're Deathosaurus or Deathosaurus. Yeah, mm-hmm. Death Deathosaurus. Okay. Which, from what I can tell, is a counterpart to Star Saber. Okay. And just um, in a way. to go back to an earlier question, just real quick, because you mentioned Hasbro. Um, apparently, another one of the reasons why Transtech didn't go off off board was because Hasbro lost more. They didn't make as much money as they were hoping to with Phantom Menace's toy line, which I think is oh, kind of yeah. related to our podcast tangentially. They didn't, they didn't <laughs> yeah. make as mu- how much money did they expect to make from the Phantom Menace toy line? Because they made all the money on that. Apparently, they they didn't. They sold like a gajillion. I mean, all the money. I mean, they. They sold a lot. Like the the fact that they were that they overestimated. That's that's interesting because like they. I mean, maybe they were buying cases. Yeah, it, case it says and, it says econ- economic difficulties due to poor performance by other Hasbro toy lines of a time, notably the significant underperformance of the first Star Wars prequel. Huh. That's it. That's just that's really interesting because like there was so, like that was something that was heavily speculated and stuff. That right there is why. The Nintendo Classic Mini was underproduced because of situations like that, where things that were super popular and heavily speculated were overproduced, and that's why. Uh, oh, that's why you can go to any comic book shop and buy uh, Phantom Menace toys still in package for not very much money. <laughs> yeah, I guess oh, so. And 
getting back to the the Power of the Primes thing, I wanted to point out that so far, Ultra Magnus, Star Saber, Optimus Primal, and apparently Deathsaurus as a wild card are all are now in the final four. So basically, after the next round of voting, uh, it'll be down to two of them, and um, whichever one will be like will get the new title of Prime. So everybody vote for Primal. (laughs) I was just thinking that too. Um, I mean, I can kind of, like I said, I can, I did break them down, and I do remember most of most of the stuff about them. If you, if I wanted, if people wanted a quick uh, go ahead, but they're, like I said, like they're doing it across all different things. So one, I don't know how they are in the cartoon, and two, uh, I'm not how, sure how they want to portray them in the in the toys. So I mostly would be basing it off the cartoon, or I mean the comics. And there's a little like. Uh, I think the write-up for like Star Saber on the website is a little different from how he was in. <laughs> yeah, in, uh, he was supposed to be like a bit of a religious zealot, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit extreme, as I recall. Yeah, but yeah. then con- considering, like, I guess, like Star Saber came around in G one around the same uh, the same time Death Source was. Like, they're basically like supposed to be rivals, like how uh, Prime and Megatron were in a way, if I'm yeah. remembering because. This is during the time with like the the when G one was like the robot masters with the with the power links and the, the headmasters and such, yeah. and I didn't get to see many of those episodes. But apparent, you know, apparently he's uh, Death Source is just basically a destructive ty- you know tyrant with uh with a lot like plant destroying uh super weapons kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go with that. Okay, <laughs> we'll try and have the link to. Yeah. Once the the voting reopens, I think we'll try and have the link for that on on our well, Facebook page. Yeah, and I mean you can also check the site and some of the things about at least via the about the toys of Hasbro's site by going to just transformers dot com slash vote will redirect you to, to the exact page. Oh, nice. Yeah. Way to go, Hasbro. Yeah. Forethought there. <laughs> okay, so final question that yeah. we'll do for now uh, is from Calamity Gwen. Who's uh, Twitter handers at Doku no Koi? Uh, they ask, would Megatron have actually been effective if Tarantulas was actually trying to help the cause? I saw this earlier and I was thinking, yeah. about it. I think he would have been. I he would have helped. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely yeah. Like, I think, I think if they both were on board for the same goal, like, if they, it might actually, they might actually do some real damage. Yeah. Because, because, I mean, like, if they were working in concert, you know, between, you know, between the two of them, I think they could pull something off that would, you know, just be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, it would have been a lot. Uh, I think the series would have been a lot different right now if they had been able to cooperate. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that definitely is. So, so there are two things. There are two things that would change if uh, if if Megatron and Tarantulas both were working together for the same goals. One, they would they would be able to, you know, it would be synergy because they'd be working together. You know, people working together are better than the sum of their whole whole. And also, they would have goals, which um, is something that's lacking in the show from both sides, <laughs> as is illustrated in the theme song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm also tired, you guys. That's yeah. yeah. We got started a bit later than usual, and I'm I'm yeah. starting this new schedule where I'm trying to eat breakfast in the morning. So it makes me wake That's up. A good early. time to eat breakfast. Morning. <laughs> yes, 
Yes. So I usually don't have it in the morning because my I usually wake up around twelve. So I mean, like my breakfast is usually in the afternoon. That's just how I work. <laughs> hey, cereal is just as good in the afternoon as it is in the morning. Oh yeah. yeah. Eggs. But yeah, there's some questions for for this episode. And sorry for the, the ones that we couldn't answer. As as yeah, was really, said, really it's a bit later. A couple of them. So, yeah. But- We'll get to yeah. next week. It's uh, you know oh, we're we're just we we're just getting too famous to read all of our questions. <laughs> I think I actually tweeted uh, since we got some of them while we were, when we started. I think I actually tweeted that we'll try to and mentioned that because we were actually got quite a few this time. I mentioned that might not get into this episode. So sorry that we didn't though. Yeah. So we I promise we will I, get them for next episode. Yeah, I just I just sent a tweet out to the one of our listeners saying that we will get to them next time. I'm sorry, it's my fault, really. So if you want to blame anyone, blame me because I showed Aww. up late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, mean, also Kendall's because we answered his question instead of a listener question. I mean, sailor so. business. <laughs> sailor well, business is usually to, um, like six months behind on their questions. So yeah, and we are not I, that far I behind. Do, I too try to like put the questions in like either thematic or where they came from or in something that basically they kind of like make an interesting progression. Yeah. Good way to segue. So, yeah. So just to let you know that people who are asking questions, it's not that we're putting one person's other. It's more of just what seems to flow better or naturally, honestly. Yeah. yeah, There you go. It's been another episode. We, we have two episodes left now of season one. Yeah. Crazy to think about actually. Well, considering I'll, we're we're 24 episodes into the season, and we are 24. Well, I suppose more than 24 because we got a couple of bonus episodes and an episode zero in. So yeah, and the thing is too that's about being at the end of season one. Is season one's the longest season, so we're, yes. we're actually yeah. technically halfway through the series as a yeah. whole. Really. Yeah, because the next two se- next two seasons are only 13 episodes each. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, we're halfway through the series as a whole. We're not just we're not yeah. just through the first season. Kind of crazy. Yeah. And then there's Beast Machine, so we still got a ways to go. <laughs> so is there anything that anybody would like to plug this week? Um I want to plug They See Me Rolling again. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it's a real play uh D and D podcast set in the Faerun series and it was really nice, like the recent episode that's just came out. They actually mentioned me because I've been <laughs> been talking to them and trading stories back and forth on their on their Facebook page. So that was nice. I didn't expect that. Nice. Uh, but also, uh, I've been plugging Jesse Cooper's uh, podcast for a while. The Turn to Page Alphabet Flight and that. And they're actually he's actually working on making like a website so it's easier to find them and all. So uh, you know, so that's so that's you know be a little bit easier. But it's kind of it's kind of like like I said like the they recently did the uh, Romeo and or Juliet like Ryan North book and I haven't gotten <laughs> to listen to the episode yet but I'm really looking forward to it because the well, Ryan North is kind of an interesting writer <laughs> yeah no and once that website's up definitely uh, once yeah. once we know what it is we will make sure that we mention it on the podcast and we'll try and post it on Facebook yeah and on the, Twitter the only too. reason I'm not mentioning it is now is because I it, it is it isn't up yet and uh, yeah. <laughs> We will get it there. Yeah. M. Candle, did you guys have anything you wanted to plug? Uh, yeah, my Twitter is at this is Emeralds. Uh, Instagram is this is Emerald, and you can find my art at dangerchair.tumblr.com. Oh, and I did add your Tumblr onto the Warren Beast website. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. 
Uh, I'm at K Hallman, K H A L M A N on Twitter. That's also my YouTube where you can see my ukulele videos. Uh, they're happier than I am right now. Um, Aww. 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 We give Ken a little big hug. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I'm, I'm, yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, also, uh, I feel like I feel like when people are randomly plugging audio entropy podcasts, they don't plug all along the watchtower enough, which is uh we don't just oh. sort of in I feel like it's one that gets when people are randomly listing off audio entropy podcasts, it's one that gets omitted and it's one that I, I mentioned to. it last week. I'm not saying I'm not saying <laughs> specifics. I'm saying in general. I'm saying, you know, on huh. Teenagers it, with it, Attitude or whatever. Also, it's a shame because um, it's a damn good podcast. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good. It's really good. <laughs> also, uh, also, they did a, a couple weeks ago, they did an episode of Teenagers with Attitude with the cast of All Along the Watchtower, and they were really funny. Um, so yeah. once you've listened World to collide. all the other Teenagers with Attitude episodes so that you'll get the joke, you should listen to that episode. Mm. <laughs> and um, I guess uh, one, we'll plug it one more time because it did just get released uh, Friday of this weekend uh we were most of the war and beast cast was on twa for a bonus episode yeah, with Sonic. all three of you and not me fortunately scheduling would not allow me to be able to be on but all three of you were on it and i been... didn't have to go through the most painful anime death uh, true. true yeah you know um the the yeah the um i thought that episode was torture but this is <laughs> <laughs> what was torture the the TWA episode that we that took uh, fourteen hours for us to record. It was it, it turned out pretty good though. I listened to it. And I, I thought it turned out like really fun, but it is really long. But at least it's in two parts. It's hard so for I mean, me to it's hard for me to listen to podcasts that I'm on because I was there the first time. Yeah, true. <laughs> and I, I'm just I'm just narcissistic, I guess. <laughs> but it, I think it turned out really well. So go listen to that, people. If you haven't, yes, which you probably have, but if you haven't. <laughs> Um, I am going to plug, uh, I know, Mike, speaking of Audio Entropy, of course, check out AudioEntropy.com for all of the podcasts that we got there. Uh, I know Mike with uh, TWA and Going Pear-Shaped is planning another uh, Twitch stream in the near future. I believe it's in a couple of weeks. I'm trying to find the post that he... February something at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Yes. Yeah, or no, I thought it was 5 p.m. CST. Oh yeah, yeah, central. Yeah, because he's central, central, isn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it would be central. What February? Which day? Because something is not going to help. Uh, I mean, just, <laughs> just log on every day. I'm on Mike's Twitter right now. And I feel like it's, he's it's got fourth. so many rabbit tweets. <laughs> I, <laughs> like I feel like it's a Saturday that's a single digit number. Yeah, it's yeah. So it's I probably he, the fourth. I think, I think. Yeah, I think he was planning on this weekend. So basically, if you're listening to this when this comes out, tonight. Right now, because by the time this gets posted... <laughs> and you listen to it. And you listen to it, you know, <laughs> it gets posted at noon, and it's five hours long. <laughs> That's how long this podcast was, right? Yeah. No, this isn't the Sonic episode. No. No, the Sonic episode was 14 hours long. I guess in that metric, if we're going to multiply the hours that much, then yeah, this is fine. Yeah, I'm going by cycles. <laughs> uh, oh, it's not this weekend. It's uh, next, not this Saturday, next Saturday. Okay. Next Saturday at 5 p.m. Central Time. Okay. So, yeah. so, meaning next Saturday, meaning this Saturday, if you're listening to it when most yep. people are on their commute to work <laughs> yes. on Monday. Exactly. So, uh, 11, the 11th, February 11th. Yes. When will yep. then be now? Soon. Soon. <laughs> okay. 
So yeah, they will be doing a um, a stream of the Jackbox games. We they they hosted it. Uh, I want to say it was a couple of months ago now. Yeah, it's, it's, like it has to be at least like two months from now. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, it was a fun time. We had a bunch of different folks from the various podcasts on, and it was fun. We had a bunch of listeners there too, so we hope people can can join us while we're there. Yeah, so it's been another week, and we're getting down to the nitty gritty of season one. So we're looking forward to to starting the the two part finale next week. So for Warren Beast this week, I have been Greg. I've been Emily. I've been Jordan. And I take you for an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Let's roll, folks. Don't alienate the audience. <laughs> it's bacon. <laughs> <laughs>